What's up, everyone? Today on the podcast, I'm going deep with my friend Andy Sparnon. Andy is an actor, presenter, and filmmaker. He created his own fishing show in 2015 on YouTube called Coast Fish TV. Recently, it has seen some real success with a number of videos going viral. On the podcast, we spoke about the growth of the show and what it takes to be successful with creating your own content. We had a good chat about the feature film we worked on together and the characters were played, channeling life experiences into the roles and the pitfalls that can follow. Andy kept it real and shared a number of stories that shaped him as a young man, hanging around with the wrong crowds, getting arrested and being threatened at gunpoint by some unsavory characters, to say the least. The rest I'll leave for the podcast. Please welcome the talented Andy Sparnan. You're now about to go deep with Dan Good. And we are going live from Rockefeller Plaza in New York with Dan Good. We're going deep. Hey, buddy. Hey, brother. How you going, my man? Good. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers, big ears. Was that good? Yeah, that was good. Good <laughs> little was, intro. That was all right. Not sure we're in our Rockefeller Center, but we, we can we can get there. Yeah, we'll just make out. Yeah, well, yeah, straight to it, eh? Yeah. I feel like this is where I left off with Jeremy. Yeah, did you? <laughs> hey, it, got, it got a little gay near the end. Yeah, you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's been happening, man? Um, well, I've I've been out filming for my fishing show, Coast Fish TV, yeah. and uh, I, I just got back a few days ago, badly sunburned. Um, I, I actually inherited a, a massive cold sore, which I carefully peeled off this morning before oh, I no. came to see you because yeah. I thought, unless you've got like uh, a makeup artist here, I'm doomed. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing heaps of heaps of work. We went to Harvey Bay and, and caught heaps of cool fish and, yeah, just love it, mate. Like yeah. it's loving the dream. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, speaking of the, the show, it's going really well. I looked uh, <laughs> last time I checked just to just to drop it, you had like 26,000 subscribers, man. It's really picked up. It's funny how that, that all works. I mean, you like when are you ever satisfied as a YouTuber? Uh, um, I guess when you get a plaque, right? Yeah, yeah. What's that? A hundred thousand? A diamond plaque. Yeah. I, or, or like or millions a, or something. I, I'm not million? sure. It's, it's a lot. I saw Joe Rogan got one the, uh, a while back before he transferred over with his Spotify deal. Yeah. Oh, Joe Rogan. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? We can do whatever we want on this podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when, when I started my YouTube channel, I, I kicked it off in 2014. Um, you know, I, I gave it this name, Coast Fish TV after many months of trying to nut it together, I yeah. think I got a bit of OCD. So it was like, when are you ever happy? And I think when you, f- you get your first sort of hundred subscribers, you're like, yeah, man. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, I'm not happy anymore. And then you, you, you get your first 500 and you're just like, yeah. And then, and then maybe a few weeks later, it's like, uh. and then you get your first thousand. It's like, man, I got my first thousand. And then you're like, yeah. Uh. That's not really that much because you start comparing yourself to <laughs> yeah, because the YouTubers going up the tiers. Yeah, like oh yeah. man, why don't I have that that amount of views? Why yeah. don't I have that amount of subscribers? Yeah, when you, when you look at someone else that you know other YouTubers and and they've got these extraordinary amount of um, subscribers, you yeah. just sort of you, you're always looking up and you're always just looking up and aiming for the top and trying to yeah. to get there somehow. 
Um, and that's when I guess you work out the science of YouTubing. I wish I knew now what I knew back then because I probably would have done a few things differently. Yeah, but that's the learning curve about doing these things. And and YouTube really does give you a lot of breakdown analytics that are just so helpful for you know guys like us that are trying yep. to create those channels and sort the target audiences and yep. when they're clocking out of the videos and they're not watching anymore and the click-through rate of the links that you provide with everything. It's yep. just good interaction and great to gauge by. But, yeah, it's a hell of a learning curve. Like I... I'm very, very amateur at like trying to build this up, you know, the podcast and stuff like that. But um, yeah. for me at the start, it was just getting consistent with the episodes, consistent, good quality audio, audio and then going there with uh, further, you know, with the video and everything like that and having Chris on board with the extra multicam setup and everything going on. It's, it's amazing. But the main thing is just keep plugging at it, keep going and creating content, right? Well, that's what it's about. I mean, you've almost got to be a little bit of a mathematician or a scientist or something or analyst to to figure out the secret of YouTubing. (coughs) So, um, I mean, I wish I knew what I know now in 2014, 2015. I don't think they had analytics so much back then. Maybe they did. Yeah, it might be very simple analytics. Yeah. But I guess if I was to give some tips to you and, um, you know, other YouTubers out there that are sort of up and coming, um, one of the biggest things is regular content. So Mm. it could be one video per week if you can achieve it. I mean, it's hard with fishing because if you've got a week worth of bad weather, um, you can't film anything and you've, you've got no content. So, yeah. and you're dealing with the elements, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. It makes it hard, yeah. you know, or maybe if you're fishing with a guest, they're not available that yeah. week, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got to yeah. find someone else. So there's all these variables that make it hard to pump out regular content. Um, unless you take a month off and you fish every second day mm. or as much as you can and sort of cut episodes ahead. And then you just, you basically get this big bank up of episodes, which you can drop on a weekly basis. Now, yeah. When I first started, um, I dropped an episode whenever because I didn't know any of this matters. I had no idea. I just thought I'm just going to put it up there, see what happens. Um, And back in, you know, my first episode went up in 2015. Um, What... Back then, it was a sort of different dynamic. Um, the The place wasn't flooded as much as it is now. Yeah, you know, it's 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 getting flooded with fishing shows. Everyone's doing it. The GoPros are getting better. People yeah. are going. I'm just going to start filming. So. I always say you've got this recommendation page. So when you get on YouTube, you've got recommendations. So they're the things that YouTube um, recommend that you watch. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. When you get a recommendation, what do YouTube base it on? So they base it on popularity, subscribers and views. So there's this top tier. Everyone else under that doesn't get that exposure. If you're in the recommendation box. You're doing something right. You're doing something right. Yeah. So you've got to figure out how to get there. Um, One of my videos that I put up recently, I reckon hit that box because it got smashed. Mm. Um, Within three or four months, it got nearly 200,000 views. Right, it was insane. Um, it's it was dead for a few weeks, and it, it started building up, and then suddenly, it just one morning, I checked it out, and it was just through the roof. And I'm like, "What?" And then every day I was watching, it was five to ten thousand views mm. every couple of days up. And then I checked analytics, and suddenly the American audience was massive. Yeah, and I thought someone in America has shared that video via recommendations. Um, so it's like everything, you know, if you start off with, it's prioritizing. So if you've got 
20 people with watching YouTube only, just say 20 in the world, yeah, yeah. and you've got 20 videos, every video is going to get watched. But then you can break it down to interest. So out of those 10 people, um, they might watch half of those videos and then out of two people might watch whatever, you know, whatever sort of interests them. So when it comes to the algorithms of YouTube, there's going to be these priorities that, that they give certain videos and you're going to be there. But now we're talking about millions of videos. They can't fit all those videos on the recommendations. No. So suddenly things get tougher. You know, it's like if you want to be an SAS soldier, you've got two spots available, 10 people are going for it, you've got a pretty good chance. But you've got two spots available and you've got 10,000 applicants, your chances aren't that good. So no. you've got to do something different. Stand out from the crowd, yeah. Exactly. So if you can start that sort of professional look, um, you know, that personal engagement, because what I've found that a lot of YouTubers don't always care about what they're watching, it's the person in the video. Mm. So if suddenly they just like you, they think you're cool, you're funny or whatever it is, that's half of it right there or probably more than half. You know, you can have 10 people catching fish all day, but if two of them are cool and interesting and funny, mm. they're going to be watching them. Oh, yeah, the personality shines through, yeah. Exactly. And the likability and, yeah. Likability. Yeah. So it's, you know, when you start out, get all your content first and then start your channel later. Like even get six months worth of content. Yeah, okay. Pump one out every week, same time, same day, and make sure that you say those keywords. Um, if you like this, guys, make sure you give us a big thumbs up, comment and subscribe to our channel, and we'll see you next week, same time, Monday night, 5 p.m. Yeah. Okay, so it's in their head, and they'll know that a video is coming out at that time, same day, every single week. Mm. It's familiarity. Yeah. That gets them in, draws them in, yeah, and the consistency of it, yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point, man. Um, mm. It's like when I first started the podcast, I wanted to be doing one every week and I quickly worked out that there's so much goes on behind the scenes, you know, of putting this together and the audio syncing and everything you got to do with the edit and um, you've got all your promotional material, get it off to your sound designer, you get it that back, that takes certain days and you got the video portion of it that you got to edit and sync together and just it's it's a whole dynamic that takes a lot longer when you're, hey, you got full-time jobs, you're doing other things outside of it, acting, filmmaking as well, you know, it's just, and then I quickly realized, oh shit, okay, I can get one out every month. That seems to be realistic at this point until I can, you know, start pumping out a lot more material and uh, streamline yep. everything, you know, because it's a yep. teething process when you first started out. Yeah. Don't feel bad. No. I started off once every month, even a two-month break bef between videos. Mm. Um, you know, I, I didn't know anything about algorithms. I don't even know if I'd heard the word algorithm. Yeah. So don't feel bad about that. Um, the great thing is these days you can chat with other YouTubers. Yeah. Um, and you can research algorithms and you can you can check it out on YouTube all about algorithms and, you know, to do with Facebook posts and keywords is a big one. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. the old SEOs. Um, so if you want to go, you know, real, real far, you can go SEOs. Um, and keywords is a big one. Like there's two different approaches that you can take with your channel. You can be 100% truthful in describing what's going on in your title. Mm. So it might be five or six words. 
and you're just spot on. Or you can have, um, what's the other word for teasers or? Um, wow, yeah, short clip teasers, whatever you want to, yeah. Like, like as in the title where they're going, oh, wow, you should see this. Yeah. You know, it's like they're not saying, hey, I went out and caught a one-metre barra, barra mundi. Mm. Um, hey, check out this. This is an insane, amazing fish. So people, like you've, you've got this thing as like, should I go that way? Um, or shall I say, hey, I caught a massive one metre record barramundi, for example. So I I was advised to go on the teasing thing. It's like fishing the best area in Australia. Yeah. Instead of saying. To draw them in straight to away. To draw them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another huge, so you can go that way. Um, so keywords, keywords, fishing, um, best, whatever it is, yeah, record. Yeah. So you can so they get it in the search title, yeah, and it exactly. jumps up. Exactly. But yeah, the algorithm thing is is huge, and that's something that I found out as well. Because obviously, you're starting off and you want to share it around. Social media is generally your best option of uh, getting people mm. watching. And I found out that like Facebook and YouTube were in this like streaming battle kind of thing with their videos, and that yes. if you share a YouTube clip to Facebook, is only like thirty percent of your people followers are actually going to see that video because straight away they slam YouTube's algorithm their algorithm right down and you don't see any of it. Whereas if you post like upload a video to Facebook, so many more people are going to see it. 100% of people plus are all going to see it that, that way. And it's like, oh, okay. If you didn't know that, like you didn't do the research to find that out, you're like, why am I not getting any views on this? You know, yes. like, um, and, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a funny thing to figure out, but the algorithms are so key. And yeah, very, I'm at the very amateur stage. I will humbly Mate, admit that, that is... over there. And that's something that I would like to focus more mm. attention on. But I think it's also, like you say, I need to talk to other YouTubers and people like yourself that have been successful with it and gone through these things over a number of years to figure out what actually works for them and you know yeah. it's about community and and helping each other out right to Mate, that info is gold mm. what you just said there that's not amateur info mm. that's that's a guy that's that has really looked into it or someone's yeah. told him or whatever um that is so spot on if you share the direct link to facebook facebook will kill your reach yeah Absolutely. Destroy it. I was surprised. I had no idea it was like that, but it makes sense now once I think about it, like, Mm. because I've done it before and I'm like, well, isn't this getting like many views, you know, this way? And, and then you'll just, yeah, I'll post a video and it'll get like 800 to a thousand, like just clicks on it, views just on the little clip. And I'm like, well, why isn't that translating over to my little YouTube videos that I'm doing where I'm getting 60 to a hundred, you know, people plus Mm. whatever it is, you know, I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense until you look it up and you're like, ah, okay. Well, there's ways around it. Yeah. Um, I'm all ears. The first, the first was I was speaking to uh, a mate of mine from Yak Hunters Australia. He's quite a big page as well. Yeah. Um, We're going, how are we going to fool Facebook? How are we going to trick them? Yep. Because they're assholes. Um, so we said, okay, firstly, instead of posting direct, we'd put up a photo or a thumbnail. So mm. those things that you see when you scroll down in YouTube, there's pictures are called thumbnails. Yeah. Put that thumbnail on the Facebook, okay, and then you can either put the link yeah. underneath, right, or you can go to the next level and avoid that and put the link in the comments. Yeah, okay. okay. just go, hey, check out this new video, guys. You've got a, an image there. Link in comments. Yeah. So we tried that. Yeah. Um, not sure if it improved the situation. I really think Facebook had got some sophisticated yeah. bot that just anything to do with YouTube, it destroys it. Yeah. Um, so 
the next step that we took after that was maybe we could do the the bitty, you know, like B-T-Y, I think it is, where you put the YouTube link up into B-T-Y or bitty, which shortens that that link. Yeah. And then post the bitty link to see if it, Facebook doesn't recognise it's a YouTube link. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we tried that, but then what we found was because it wasn't a YouTube recognizable link, people were going, that looks sus. Looks like a scam link. Oh, I don't okay. know if I'll hit it. Don't want to click on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to sort of write um, in a bitty link, it's called, make sure you hit it, guys. It'll take you straight to the YouTube channel. Yeah. So th- there's, there's another tactic that we use. The ultimate way of doing it, I think, if people can be bothered watching your videos or they follow you or they're interested, is putting a teaser up, okay, which I did recently. Yeah. Um, and I seen that you dropped a video of your show in yeah. there and it had 800 and something odd views. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, put your little teaser in and then put a like um, a title across the screen to watch full episode or see full episode and then put the YouTube logo or you can put on YouTube at Coast Fish TV yeah, coming okay. across your video. Yeah. So people are watching it. Make sure your tease is good. Like you show something before you hook the fish up or you just hook the fish but you're not showing what it is and you're going crazy, oh, my God, I've hooked a massive fish. Um, and then bang, cut it. Check out full episode on YouTube at Coast Fish TV. So people go, oh, is that all I've got to see? I've got to go to YouTube. Yeah. Coast Fish TV, bang, they watch it. Yeah. And I did that recently and I had, I was just over double the amount of views that I had in previous videos where I couldn't be bothered doing video teasers. Yeah, yeah. So it did work. Yeah, well, I, and I think it's also like the attention span of people these days too is very, mm. you know, limited and like, it's like oh, what I found out it. with doing a podcast, but it's like the real podcast people, you know, they don't mind sit like, um, you know, like I'll listen to several Joe Rogan, a, lo- a lot of different yeah. podcasts, like probably four or five podcasts, um, different podcasts a week, all the episodes and they're like the Rogan ones are like three hours, you know, like I, I've got mm. that attention span I want to took me a while to get to it. But once I did, I just, like, just has taken over my whole thing. Like listening in the car at the gym, like it's just taken over. I don't even listen to music hardly ever anymore. And, um, but yeah, that's the thing, the attention span of people. That's why you need to make those little clips that mm. feature. And that drives the people to hopefully eventually listen to your podcast and listen to the full episode of your podcast and then get, therefore get hooked and look forward to it every week, month, day, whatever you're putting them out. But, mm. um, yeah, I found that, that, that worked that just uploading the clean, little um snippet video to say facebook and that was still getting the reach of those eight hundred thousand people or whatever and then i would mm. just have a link for episode and have the youtube bit link you know that you that you can get put that on there and they that was still having the click through rate so i don't think okay. that slammed it down in the algorithm when you put it up that way because you were using your core video at the start and using facebook to do it you know okay so but yeah it's just an interesting dynamic isn't it that you got to work out and um people with social media whiz i mean you pay for those kind of people these days that can help draw the traffic that you want to your page and things like that and that's someone that i need to sit down and talk to to grow it but the main thing is about just getting the content out and getting it to a high production value high audio quality as being a podcast that was my number one thing at the start and getting good quality content good people on like yourself that have got an interesting story about what they're doing and that's where you start and just keep going from there cheers to that 
Yeah, cool. But yeah, man, I mean, so yeah, the, the show itself. So basically, you're, you're going out fishing a lot of the times. I've seen a couple of the episodes and things like that. And um, it's a passion for you, obviously, is fishing and filmmaking and acting, which is where we've met and worked on films together before. Yeah. But so what, what really yeah. drove that show and you wanting to do it from the start? Fishing. Um, well, boredom. Yeah. Um, I, I bought a camera. Um, a Panasonic ha- handy cam and I had some cash at the time and I decided to go to Thailand with my brother and a couple of mates and I just wanted to film everything. Yeah. Um, you know, before that I was doing amateur photography, had a DSLR um, and just filming interests me. And when I got back to to where I was living um, in the Redlands, there was a camera sitting there and I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And I had a tripod and I thought, well, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to set it up on the tripod, hit record and start casting and catch some fish and see what happens. So I did that. Um, do you remember Windows Movie Maker? Yeah. All right, so we're going back. Take um, it way back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, just, I just decided to edit a couple of clips on there. It was pretty funny. Um, like a crappy computer and whatnot. Yeah. And I thought that's cool. And I just love the creation. It kept me busy. It gave me something to do. Yeah. Um, and that's when I thought, well, maybe I can keep doing that and getting the content. Um, just before that though, I decided to, to look into acting as well. I just had this creative thing that just exploded. I just, and it was out of boredom. I, I wasn't working. I was unemployed at the time um, and I was battling stress and anxiety and stuff like that. So it was a big battle. And I think once you hit sort of the bottom um, tier of of yourself, really they say the only way is up and that's so true. Yeah. You know, and I did, didn't have anything. I didn't have any aspirations to do anything. I didn't know what I was going to do or what I wanted to do, but I knew I felt creative. So I actually met um, a, a fella that had a really cool camera when we were filming one of the one of the little short films that we were doing. And just during the break, I just I showed him on YouTube, on my original channel, um, some of the fishing stuff I did, you know, with a crappy Panasonic. And yeah. he looks at it and he says, oh, that's cool. Um I reckon we could we could do something here. And I'm like, really? And he had a pro camera. Yeah. And he goes, I'll come along and I'll film it for you. Um, we've got big mics and stuff like that. And that's what we did. And the funny thing is um, he had no idea. He thought maybe I was fishing off a pontoon or a jetty or whatnot. Yeah. We were, we were walking through mud, you to know. To the with, spot, yeah. Yeah, with $5,000 cameras. Yeah, yeah. 5000 bucks, man. Yeah. Big camera. He's like, dude, I'm seriously walking through this. I said, we've got to get to the edge of the water yeah. through the mangroves and that's the only way we're going to get there. Yeah. And that's when we filmed our first sort of pro-looking episode. Yeah. Which worked out really well. It looked fantastic. And then, bang, I thought, you know, once you get to a certain standard of filming, and I edited this and I downloaded, you know, forget Windows Movie Maker, I went Cyberlink Power Director because I did a lot of research on the easiest and the best because, you know, I'm not a big tech head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyberlink Power Director and I started editing this stuff together and um, I put it on YouTube and then, bang, people just said, wow, we love this, we want to see more. And I thought, my God, I've got a purpose. 
and that was cool. That was a defining moment for me that maybe this is something I can do long-term and see where it goes. You know, I, I didn't know about monetizing videos. I didn't have any of that. It was just, I just want to do this because I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love Which it. Just where all the good stuff starts. Yeah. The passion yeah. for it. Yeah. And, and hanging out with these guys with similar interests, they're creatives, you know, they've got cameras, they've got mics. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I, and I felt like I belonged because I'd moved from the Redlands to the Gold Coast and virtually didn't know anyone because I needed to get away from the, the Redlands to sort of rejuvenate myself. And then I started meeting all these people in the, in the film industry mm all these creatives and I felt like I can relate to these people, you know, and, and you just felt it. Yeah. And I thought. 100%. I know it, what you're saying, yeah. It was like this brotherhood thing yeah. going on, you know, like the bikers. It's a weird camaraderie, yeah. It's, yeah. But you feel like you're part of that world and like you can say and do what you would normally like be a little candid on doing around other people yeah. and it's just like you're fully accepted because we're all a bit weird, you know, we're all a bit eccentric. We, we're in touch with whatever it is, yeah. that, but it, you vibe together, you know. Yeah. I think so. Eccentrics yeah. is a word and weird is definitely yeah, yeah, the one. Yeah, I mean, 100%. it's like, um, you know, the genetics of of being a, a creative, I think it's there, you know, and you've got a lot of creatives have this, this really interesting persona about them. I think, and, and this is stuff I've thought about in the past, I might be getting off the, off the tier a little bit here, but creatives, um, they see their spectrum of seeing and vision is, is, big. Okay. Yep. I don't want to compare it to people that aren't creatives, but I just want to say that they have this wide spectrum of vision, um, of seeing things and, and they know how to, to sort of see that and, and turn it into something. It's like, that's what makes, yeah. you know, awesome DOPs, awesome or awesome cameramen or, you know, entertainers. Um, and, you know, I felt like maybe I was on that spectrum and I could see these extra things. I mean, I've never been trained in it, but um, it's it's something that I just felt and I had to exploit. Yeah. And and I did. And then it gave me a purpose. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you're you're tapping into like it's the imagination that you have in your mind. And you like you spoke about, you can see on this broad spectrum and you can just envision things that <sighs> Yeah, I want to say normal people, but it's a weird way of saying it. But yeah. it's just like yeah. when you're a creative, you have that other part of your brain that you're using that maybe is shut off by other people and they're just like, oh, I don't even know how you think up these things. But you're tapping yeah. into something and it's like tapping into the void and you're pulling it from somewhere. It's coming in and you just get this direct line of channel like do, 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 computing yeah. from up here and you're bringing it in and then you're just able to formulate it in your mind in such a colorful and artistic way. And then from there, you got to get it to paper and then from there, you get it to the the visual medium say mm. through filming or however you want to do it um but and the same with any artist you know like it, and putting it down to a canvas you know you you're pulling it from somewhere and it's it's what jeremy spoke about when we were um on the last podcast we did and uh he kept using that word void which is where i'm getting it from right now but it's so true like you're kind of tapping into something up here but it's just translating in your mind to something yeah. else and then you create from there but it's something that you're not necessarily taught. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's no. Just there. I, I don't think you can. Like you can mm. develop ways to tap into it better, you know, and it's yeah. like what you do with acting, like you're using your real life emotions and you're substituting it and you're tapping into that emotional um, baggage, if you will, that you've got from the yes. past. And Perfectly said. You're tapping into yeah. it to putting it into a different medium. 
Yeah. And that is coming across as art, you know, and you're making a film with it, but yeah. it's, it's coming from somewhere, you know, and it's yeah. coming from within you, but it's also coming in from somewhere else. And it's just, it's all about tapping into it and, and putting it on, putting it to something. Producing like an something. artist yeah. or a serial killer. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. you know, you've got the genetic um, predisposition for a certain mental illness or a certain yeah. trait yeah. to be a serial killer. And then you've got your environmental factors where it's the way you're brought up by your parents. Exactly. And when yeah. everything comes together, you become a serial killer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy sort of comparison. Um, but then if we've got these generic or, or genetic, sorry, um, sort of influences in us to make us creative. And then we've got our experiences on top of that, whether it be family, friends, that shape um, you, our, yeah. our life that, that shape us to, yeah. to, to get to experience this really wide spectrum of emotions. I mean, um, I, I thought about it today, actually, there were, there's a couple of um, child actors and actresses um, in a particular family. And I won't say who they are, but those young kids got to, from a young age, got to experience a tragedy, yeah. um, you know, with their mum. The ex-boyfriend came into the house and pulled a shotgun, almost blew her arm off. These young kids are extraordinary actors and actresses. Um, they got to experience from a very young age trauma and the spectrum of terror um, of sadness, of anger, um, which translates to what they do on the screen because they know how to tap into that because yeah. they've experienced it. If you if you're in a box and you don't experience all these all these emotions, you'll probably find it hard to get there. And I think you know my life was, I guess from a young age was pretty tough as a teenager. Um, some ways was just the way I was brought up. Um, love, love my parents though. They, they were very kind to me. Um, but I also experienced other things in life, which exposed me to, to various emotions that probably allowed me to get there as an actor. Yeah. Um, whether it be, you know, great sadness or, or great anger or, or whatever it might be. Um, and to put that on the screen, um, I think, exposure in life from a young age. I mean, look at Robin Williams, the comedian. Um, you saw him as an extremely funny man. Yeah. He's he's had a tragic life. So he's experienced that spectrum. So he knows how to get there and, and feel the greatest sadness and despair, but also to be one of the funniest guys on the planet. Yeah. And I think it's almost work experience. It's like, man, if you really want to be successful and you really want to go there, um, life experience is a fucking great way of getting there. Yeah, it's and everything. It's, yeah. And it's not always nice. Yeah. No, that's it. And mm. I, I think I know uh, the family that you're speaking about before, yeah. which we don't need to, yeah. you know, name yeah. names or anything, but, yeah, they're very good young actors. Um, they are. And the mother, she's actress as well, right? Isn't she? Or is she? I, I don't think she really got into it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she needs to. Her good. kids yeah. are so good, yeah, 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 you yeah. know. Um, but she's, she's definitely, she's a, a good woman, yeah. a great, great woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about cause no, she's sort of yeah. a friend. But like you say, so, yeah, yeah, um, the life experiences of it is everything. And they kind of say that to you, like, you got to get out there and live, you know, to be mm. able to portray these things on screen. 
That's because you've got to be able to tap into something. You can't just like, there's so many different techniques when it comes to acting, mm. um, that, you know, like you could throw a stone in the pond and you're going to hit something, you know, and yeah. be able to talk about that. But they come down to like a fundamental thing where you're tapping into life experiences mm. and you're substituting that within the scene to evoke the emotion and therefore then you're creating something with your partner that you're acting across or by yourself, what have mm. you, and then you're capturing it, right? And then it kind yeah. of goes from something organic from there. But it's funny because you're using something materialistic or emotional or whatever in your yeah. past to get to that point. So it's like yeah. you're kind of faking it, but you're not because then you're capturing the real living moment there. And it's something different every time, you know. You say you, it so well. <laughs> had a little bit, of, a little bit of time to practice it, but uh, yeah, talk, talking about this stuff. But um, well, that's it. And it's like I can get that across in my mind because I can tap into what I'm thinking, and I can and I can um, explain it in this way where I hope that people can understand what I'm sort of getting at. But there's a lot of people in the creative realm that really, really struggle to put whatever's coming in here mm. and able to verbalize it to someone else, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and it's, and like, you find that with a lot of directors that are like really fucking brilliant, yeah. but it's like, they struggle to translate that to, to advice to an actor to get that out of the scene, you know? And that's like, yes. it's what makes a good and a, a bad director, you know, not necessarily good and bad actually, but someone that's able to be brutal. Yeah. And, and channel that into that artistic form mm. and really get the translation across to you to understand. And that just comes with experience, right? Onset experience and working with actors a lot, a lot of times to get yeah. to that. I mean, yeah. I've only directed, you know, a few things in my life too, but it's an interesting I concept to, ju to jump on that side of things as opposed to being on camera, you know, but yeah. you learn so much yeah. from doing all those other things like helping out on set, like on camera or just watching yeah. and sound department. Or if you're writing, like it can really, really aid your acting performances as well because yeah. you're seeing different levels and the subtext uh, behind it and you understand why people put certain things in scripts and able to tap into it a lot better and yeah. understand what like the writer wants from his general concept and where you want to yeah. go and take from there and they like and they're capturing whatever you get to at that yeah. point because they don't know what you're going to do they, they've got an idea of what you the way, what they want mm -hmm. but able to get that across to you and just kind of the best directors kind of let you do their yeah, let thing, you, do you know, thing, like, yeah. and then tweak from there. I'll you know, tweak. yeah. I was thinking about that this morning, actually, when I was driving around Wellington Point. Um, I was thinking about like an example of exactly what you said. Um, like, say in the script, it's it's got the name of the character, and then it's got how like the emotion suggestion. Yeah. So it could be, you know, furiously angry or or angry or angrily said, and then it has your lines underneath. Yeah. It's your interpretation of anger level. Yeah. So, you know, if you were to say, say you had five levels of anger, so you can have one being very, oh, I'm really, you know, or five being outrageously mm. angry, I'm so angry. The trick is interpreting that level and obviously working it if you're, you know, speaking with a, a different actor is bouncing off of them and flirting with them and, yeah. you know, if they're over the top angry, you've got to sort of know how to Where sort of. Where you come in at that. Yeah, yeah. it's like you know, what reflection to, to give back. Um, so you've got, say, five levels. It's like one of the things I've seen in the past, so I don't want to be critical of, of any other actors because, I mean, I'm, I'm not the best in the world, but um, say, for example, they're, they're verbalising 
level four anger. So they're like really their voice is verbalizing a four, but their eyes and face are only giving a two. Mm. So it's like they're they're, push, they're not they're, they're not, pushing the emotion. They're playing yeah, the emotion it's rather not than matching tapping up. into something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not matching. Yeah. Um, the trick is, is if you're going to verbalize a level four of anger, make sure your face matches that verbalization mm. level. Mm. And that's my theory behind getting that authenticity, truthfulness, and believability. Yeah. In in what you do, and I like to underplay my role. Like I like to underplay my emotions, and. And I do that because it's safe for me unless obviously, yeah. you know, the director um, and I do depend on the director a lot. If they say, listen, Andy, I need you to be really and I just actually just did a shoot last week or the week before playing a husband um, domestic violence uh, sort of piece that was, was is going to be played around all the schools around Australia. Yeah. Um, so I had this little chick as my wife um, and he said, look, I just want to make you super scary um, and that's what we need from you and da-da-da and I did it. And then I said, um, how scary because, you know, how aggressive? Do we want to scare kids watching it? Yeah. Because it's going to young kids in schools to yeah. say how bad domestic violence yeah. is. And she said, no, that's a good point. Um, I don't want you to, to be scary as in when the kids are watching it, they're walking away wanting to cry or traumatised. Or don't want to watch because they're trying to exactly. get something from it. Yeah, because yeah, they're getting smashed by this over-the-top angry emotion. Yeah. So I sort of levelled it off on about a three and I know sort of where to put it um, and I match my physical movement and and my expressions with with level three, a verbalisation of anger. I mean... Just between you and me and everyone else, um, you know, I felt terrible. She was she's only a small wife, mm. um, and and after after the take, I was sort of oh, I had to give her a hug and I go, Are "You okay?" Like, and she sort of smiled and she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "That was good." Yeah, and I said, oh, I, said I, just, "I feel a little." Yeah, that sort of rattled me a bit. Yeah, because um, you don't want to be that brute. No, that kind I'm, of, uh, I'm not like that. I'm the total yeah. opposite. Yeah. And I guess that's why, you know, sort of sometimes I enjoy playing. Playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things not. so outside of yourself, yeah. Tapping yeah. into that something that uh, yeah. you can't do in real life. And we spoke about it a little bit before we started shooting is that that's kind of, and, and to me, man, I related to that exactly what you said is that because you grow up wanting to do these things, you know, you want to be a spy, you like want to be a CIA porn, porn agent, star with porn you. star, whatever. Porn star, yeah. <laughs> Ambitions. Yeah. X, X videos. <laughs> yeah. Damn good. Going deep. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, you want to do these things so outside of yourself that you can't necessarily do in real life but you get to tap into those things and do it on screen. And mm. it's such a thrilling avenue to go down and it's just, it's fantastic. And it's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards the acting and the, and the film game is to do yeah. those things, you know, because yeah. I have a lot of those ambitions in life that I want to do that, not saying porn star, but, um, you know, all that stuff. And it's just, man, it's, it's kind of, it's just so, thrilling to be able to do that you know and like you're like well what, what have I you done within myself like you know? what's the most extravagant out from yourself yeah that you uh, yeah that you've done that they've said you're you're doing this and you realize god i haven't done this in real life but man this yeah, is yeah, insane yeah. good good question um oh there's probably yeah i'm trying to think now what what would be the crazier one um Man, that's that's a real good question. I don't know. I've done a lot. Like, I get the general perception of me, um, 
like is that I'm a bit of a playboy and stuff like that, you know, but it's yeah, not, you are a pretty boy, <laughs> but it's not actually like, it's not me, you know, I'm actually not like that at all. And, yeah. um, so I've got a lot of those characters where I've played, Hey, you like, have. you know, like, oh, just a around that, with the is dude's that a bit wire. of wax? Yeah. Got a bit of wax going down the chest. <laughs> that was fun. From, that was from, good. from, it was Alpha Mashi. Yeah, Alpha Mashi. I mean, that would have been the last time we saw each other, right? I know. It was um, when we were shooting the Jeremy's feature film. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, master, um, the master himself, Jeremy oh, Reese Hill. Yeah. I love the guy. Like, oh, that's that's awesome. how, how talented is Jeremy? Like, and I'm pretty, I am, I'm critical of myself as well as um, other other people when it comes to the, the, the final product of a film and I sort of pick it apart, but I do it to myself. Mm. Okay. So it's not just me being a sort of a bully on anyone else. Um, but when I saw Jeremy's film, I'm just thinking, is, is this guy serious? Like he can really pull that off. Mm. It was like everything, like the shots, the music, um, the almost Quentin Tarantino feel. To the music. Well, that's one of his to, huge to, to the film. inspirations, yeah. Um, I just thought, my God, where did this guy come from? And I just knew from that point if he knocks on my door or sends me a text message and it's got – and all it says is, do you want to be my next film without knowing anything else? I'm like, I'm a, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree, man. Like how – how amazing he's, oh, he's just, he's unbelievable. When yeah. I first met him, I just thought he was sort of some kind of, um, you know, and he, he'll probably be watching this, I love you, Jess, um, you know, just some kind of New Zealand sort of punky guy and, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a drinker. But then he started talking and I'm just listening to the guy and I'm like, holy crap, like his IQ yeah. must be 130. Yeah. And his vision and that. And I was just like, I was taken right in. Mm. And, and when he... When I seen him on set, I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of in awe. Um, and then when I saw the final film, Alpha Mashi, I'm just like, you yeah, kidding? It's impressive, eh? like, Are you what, kidding what, me? What? Because you, you're behind the scenes and you know, like, what those makeup of the scene was yeah. and whatever, and like, you know, where we shot it and what we had to pull to get this off the ground. But then you see the final product, you're like, yeah, oh shit, the production value of that and what you're pulling off from where we're shooting it. It's just like, wow, okay, man. Like that's and that's the thing about tapping into that that thing. Like he's got the he's got the imagination to think it up, the ability and the skill to be able to transcribe that to paper or you know type it up and and script form, Big and time. then the vision to see it and how he wants it shot, how you know the scene, the colors, everything. With a lot of other people like the DOP, Jake, he was awesome on that. Oh Jake, yeah, and um, yep, Jake, he's, and all those, he's mad. yeah, and just like you know set design and and shyly like you know setting out a lot of those things as we well. can't forget and, anyone else because yeah. like it was a team and he he team knew effort, yeah. he, in the in the he knew who to choose in the team and each one had this this really special talent and when you just put all this jigsaw together it was just a strong scarily strong production team yeah. that made that film yeah and that's it. And that's the brilliant part is what you were thinking about before. You're in this other realm when you're in the filmmaking community or the creative realm. And it's just like all these people coming together mm. to make something awesome. And and they're using all their skills and we're all just combining it as one organism that eventually makes a film and that people are going to see. It's, it's a truly magical thing eh, to be involved yeah. in. And that's why I was just like, oh man, I found my crowd, you know, when I fell into yeah. sort of the acting stuff and then got so passionate about it and just, just going at it um, constantly. But you meet so many people that you just get along with and click like that. And you're just yeah. like, oh man, these are my people. 
Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. that's weird to weird to go through life when you don't know those things or you don't yeah. find that crowd, you know. And there's a lot of people that are loners and things like that, but they're generally sometimes I'm a cre- creative people though as well, mm. you know. But um, feeling comfortable to tap into that stuff yeah. is just as is, is is a great vulnerability within yourself to to let yourself let yourself actually mm. experience something. Yeah. And, and create something like that. And like you're putting it out there to be judged, you know, as well, which is another tough part about yeah, performing. And we is, spoke before that we're both it is, makes me cringe. Can be shy guys, you know, and, and going and doing this thing that's so far from being shy is that you're, you're acting in front of a lot of people or, as you said uh, earlier, well, we haven't said on the podcast, but you used to be a DJ as well, which we can get into a bit with the backstory. But um, you want to go there? Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll go <laughs> yeah, there. You can. But I, I think what you were saying before is that's one thing that I haven't played that I want to play is a serial killer. Something okay. along those lines. I haven't done that. I don't think, yeah, I've really, like, I've got a lot of de- de- detective roles, police, you know, um, yeah. army, things like that, which is, which is cool. I really love that. Yeah, I'll give you a tip. Roles. All you do is you just go, hello, Clarice. <laughs> that's it. And just stare. It's been taken, hasn't it? Is that line been taken? Yes. So, <laughs> you're wearing yeah. Nevia's cream cream, but not today. <laughs> Got the lotion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can play that guy. Mm. Yeah, you'd look good for that. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Is he the red dragon, is he? <laughs> yeah. No, he's Buffalo Bill. Oh, he is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, lo- I'd love to. Like, I really want to do that at some point. Um, but, yeah. But uh, so, well, I mean, okay. Yeah, and that's... The last time we shot, we were doing the hot wax scene, which I have spoken about on the podcast yeah. before. Was uh, <laughs> where I got the hot wax poured on my balls, and you were the you were the undercover detective, or no, you weren't undercover actually. You Agent were, Kruger, you were you were the um, the bad seed in the police department that actually got us yeah. shot. Just a spoiler alert, <laughs> got yeah. us killed eventually, and yeah. you got away with everything. But uh, yeah, you walk in on me and my uh, and uh, my partner in crime, well, Anthea. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> It's like, um, we've got the biggest bust in history going down. I'm going to be waiting there. We're waiting for their pants to come down or some, something yeah, like catch that. Catch them with their pants down. Catch them with their, trust me, I'm good at that. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, uh, I'm yeah. getting flashbacks already. That's the yeah, exact voice you're putting on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I sort of looked at that scene and I thought, God, Jerry, Jeremy saved it. Um, you know, because it took me a few takes to get those lines down. I remember you were like, no, 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 dude. And I'm just like, who is this guy? <laughs> He's like, who is this? And just the, the, I just, I wasn't cranking the lines out and I was worried about that and I thought, God, what's Jeremy going to think? You know, because you've got to do justice to the film. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, you've got to get it right. You've got to perform. Mm. Um but then I thought, God, he'll find something good in there mm. and, and he'll put it down. And that's that's what he did. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he did, you know. So oh, there was even – Thank t- you, Jez. Yeah. I know he does well. But that's the thing. You, you, there is a lot – well, it depends if you got the privilege of having that amount of takes, you know. Like that was – it isn't always yeah. the case um, on an indie set. But we had another one. Remember the park scene? That was That was the – when when you're smoking as well, and you got you're smoking too much, you got a fucking head spin. Oh, and then dude, like, we did eighteen takes. Oh man, it was um, but it was such a long winded monologue that you yeah. had to do. And we we're at like what midnight, one a.m. or something. Yeah, like in the middle of Southport. I and think I had it to was. keep lighting up. Yeah, um, I had to keep <sighs> lighting intense, up. Rolly yeah. smoking over and over and over again. We had eight. I think it was eighteen takes, and. And I, I, I felt okay at first and then I was sort of getting to the 15th, 16th take and I thought, 
shit, I'm feeling really dizzy here, you know, I'm not feeling that crash. But then I sort of, I had to, I pumped out the lines and whatnot and then they'd finally finished and I felt like I was poisoned, like by arsenic. Yeah. I'd taken on that much nicotine, I felt I was going to die and I sat down and I just felt was almost seasick nauseous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was ready to go, guys, take me to hospital. And I'm not a whinger, like, but I sat there and sort of hit it and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so not good right now. And I started shaking and then I'm like, no, I still don't say anything. Like, so it's, the, it's hard, eh, because, like, yeah. like, everyone's depending on you to get it done yeah. and, like, everyone's – we're all there, like, fighting the same battle, you know, but apart from obviously not getting the head spin of the nicotine. Dude, it was were, insane. I was it was hard to watch. It yeah, was a like, nicotine overdose. Yeah. That's what I've never felt it was it before. such a long-winded monologue, like, scene, like, you yeah. guys did awesome to get it done, but – um, Yeah. I yeah, actually got was, those lines right, I think, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> first time. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, man, it's great. That I love so that. Cool. We we spoke about it. Like we're like, man, we need people to see that because eh? he got it back. Like he mm. had it sold to distribution company. Yeah. We won't speak too much on it, but he, he explained on the last podcast and um got all the rights and everything back because they weren't exactly playing ball properly. But I'm no. like, man, they got to see that film, eh? Like it's a great, it's a great film. Oh man. my god, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I lo- I loved every minute of that. That was one of the best times of my life. Like I'm waiting for like, the next text message for his next <laughs> film. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. 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 It's like, please, if I could just do Jeremy Reese Hill films for the rest of my life, I'm happy. Pretty damn happy, yeah. I don't need an agent. I'm just happy to go with that, you <laughs> yeah. know. Nah, he's terrific, man. He, he really is. But, um, um, but, you know, but playing Agent Kruger, um, it was sort of cool because I was a corrupt cop. Mm. Um, the good thing is I had sort of real life experience in Adelaide. Because yeah. I was brought up in Adelaide. It was a um, Port Adelaide. I don't know if you heard of Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magpies, Port yeah. Powers, yeah. AFL. It was a tough town, um, a tough sort of, a tough county, as they see in America, um, you know, or district. And it was sort of middle class and they had a few rich houses around there and I was brought up and my parents left for Queensland in the early 90s and I was I was very protected as a kid. When my mates wanted to go out and go out fishing, um, I would say, can I go out with them, Dad? And, and my dad, I still remember it, and I love my dad. And he said, no, you're not going out with your mates. And it was sort of 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I was after school and just go for a bit of a fish for a couple of hours. And um, I said, yeah. And they were on their bikes on the front lawn sort of looking at me and we had the door, front door of the house open and they were like, well, can Andy come with us? And he goes, he's not coming with you. And da da da. My dad's a big guy, yeah. you know. And I was scared as a little teenager. And and he goes, no, you you're going to be tired soon. I said, Dad, I'm not tired. And he goes, you are tired, mate. You're not going out with him. And and I remember, I still remember that. You know, that stuff stays with you. Yeah. So my life, even though I was very loved and, and we did some great things, we went to America, we went to Fiji, we had lots of holidays. My parents were, I was the first kid, you know, I was very yeah. protected yeah. as a kid. Um, so, you know, that's something I always appreciated. I, I was sort of kept in that um, cocoon or that, you know, that, that scenario. Nurturing environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. Um, but then I was very shy socially. Um, you know, I didn't, I was a shy kid and I was a golden child and I didn't do anything wrong and tried not to anyway. Um, and then suddenly one day they go, we're moving to Queensland. And 
they just, my heart sunk, you know, they, they had for, for personal reasons, they just said, we can't stay here anymore. Um, and I would have been just 18, I think. And I had a, my first girlfriend at the time and I was in love for the first time. I don't know if you remember how good love is for the first time, yeah, but it's yeah. amazing. Um, and yeah, I remember those, those cool days. I'm sort of feeling it. Um, and I thought I can't leave my girlfriend and they left. And suddenly this guy that as a kid and as a teenager, all these years that have been, you can't go do this, you can't go do that, suddenly had all this freedom. Yeah. And it was weird. And I wasn't streetwise. I was very naive. Um, I only like hanging out with one or two people, maybe going fishing, maybe jumping on the bike, going for a ride. Um, just checking things out. I was always fascinated with nature and discovering things. Mm. Suddenly I had to move out into my first unit. I moved into a unit in a very low socioeconomic area in Port Adelaide. Other people in the units were drug dealers and you name it. Into some shady stuff, yeah. Into some shady stuff. And me being naive and not knowing anything, um, you know, my concept of right and wrong was there I but I was very easily influenced yeah um, would hang around you know I just wanted to maybe make friends and I did they invited me over come around mate um, I'd sit there and they'd pull out a bong um, so I'd sit there and he'd go yeah smoke it mate jump into it and I felt special I thought people want to know me yeah and I did you know and I started doing all this kind of stuff and then um and then I worked at uh, Just Jeans. I think it was called West West Coast Jeans or something like that. And then it went East Coast or something like that um, in Adelaide, in the Rundle Mall in the city. Um, and then I'd meet more people. And then I, I started training at the gym and I got a really good shape. And I felt like, oh, I'm starting, I've got all this independence. Um, and then I met, I met this couple, a guy and a girl, um, and they said, oh, we're from Perth. We're from, we, we, um, I said, what are you, oh, cool, what are, you, what are you doing here? Oh, we're just holidaying. We race Porsches back in Perth. Um, you know, we've got a Porsche here. I said, cool, you know. He goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, and this is when I just started DJing in the clubs, like emceeing on stage, master of ceremonies. You know, my, it was like this flower that had been a closed thing that suddenly just Stoked opened bloom, up, yeah. had all this freedom, consequences, what were they? Um, and I hung out with this guy and I said, look, man, I can get you into any club in Adelaide, no worries, easy done. Um, now, this guy was fast talking, he was slick, he had heaps of money, he was, he was going, cool, man, let's just, which nightclub? I said, heaven, we'll go to the heaven nightclub, got to the bar, he pulls out a roll of cash. All these chicks are hanging around him. He's just smooth. He had awesome clothes. He goes, mate, here's a roll of cash. Um, go buy yourself and the ladies a drink. And I'm like, cool. And we hung out. Mm. Um, so we got to know each other and we got on really well. It wasn't until um, one day he said, man, if you want to make some cash, I'll help you. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm in. Ready to go. And I started feeling like a, you know, tough man. Yeah. This 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 thing that wasn't me. Um, so we did a couple of things, and I don't want to incriminate myself, but um, made a bit of cash from it, and then we'd make other cash here and there. Um, 
went to the airport one day, the Adelaide airport. I was to hire a car. Oh, we're going to drive to Melbourne and we're going to do some business. Um, I remember the time he walked up to me and he's, 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 I'll say his name, Jake. And I'll say his last name because I haven't been able to find him anywhere on the net, Jake Kaznowski. Um, he came up to me and he says, he says, bro, I've got to go. I'm like, what? I'm standing at the airport ready to get a hire car and we're going to go to Melbourne and drive it to Melbourne. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And um, he took off. And there were people walking around the airport and I thought, well, I'll maybe I should leave too because I feel something funny is going on here. And I started walking towards the big doors that open up to the airport. As I walked out the big doors, next minute from behind me, I got grabbed from behind hardcore, put in a headlock basically around my neck and these cars were just screeching in front of me and I'm like, in shock, like as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was going on. I, I, I knew sort of I thought your brain's computing at this you moment. Know something's not quite right. Something's yeah. not right. Yeah. And the cars pulled up, guns came out, and I got thrown across the bonnet, the front bonnet, held down, my face smashed into the bonnet. That was fantastic. Um, and then handcuffed and thrown in the back of the car and – I had these people in suits, like this woman screaming at me, going, where the fuck is Jake? You are fucked, mate. You're going away for a long time, buddy. And for the first time I felt scared. Mm. It was like, my God, like what have I got myself into? Um, and then that we pulled up to a phone box. They held the phone to my ear. They said, ring his number because we had mobiles back then, believe it or not. <laughs> Rung his number. He answered his mobile phone and he goes, they've got you, haven't they? And I said, yeah. And he goes, tell them a fucking pizza hut right on the main road, Henley Road. I'm like, okay, all right, see you, bro. He goes, bye. He's a pizza hut, pizza hut, Henley Road. And they go, all units, all units, all units. Well, it just went madhouse. Um to cut a long story short, um, he ended up on the TV show on Channel 7, Australia's Most Wanted, um, and this was back in the 90s. Yeah. He was one of the most wanted men in Australia, con men, attempted murder for, of a police officer, fraud, and a whole host of uh, scallywag behaviour. Yeah. As Chopper says. has got a rap sheet, yeah. He's got a rap sheet. Um, so... You know, I sort of, I didn't know the extent of what this guy was up to, but I got drawn in by his personality and and I guess the making money and, and the rush that you would get from all that kind of stuff. It was... Well, you're vulnerable and impressionable. That's I was. what they sort of target though, right? Yeah. Well, the, the yeah. detective knew it. Like I got yeah. locked up. Yeah. I didn't go they to jail. They were trying the scare tactics on you to get you to com- yeah. you know, give up any information on your mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, the... The, 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 like I was in the cell in, in Adelaide, the main sort of lockup area, and I was, I, I'll admit it, I was crying. I was fucking scared. I thought, man, I'm, I don't know what's happening to me. I was going to jail or something, and the, mate, and the detective came in and said, listen, mate, um, you know, whatever you're doing, we're aware of, and this life isn't for you. Do you really want to be there? Do you really want to go to jail, mate? Because I know that 
the guy that you've dealt with is one of the most um, influential con men in the country and he's wanted all over the country. Is this the life you want to live? And I remember just going, no, like, I don't want to be like this. And he goes, that's all right. Yeah, we don't want to put you in jail, but you need to talk to us. You know, and it was fucking frightening, mate. Like mm. I was, you know, so and, and this, I'll, I'll say that this went on for months with Jake, you know, um, and, and things that I regret doing that, I'd, you know, never hurt anyone. But um, it's amazing how you can get caught up in um, interesting crime figures yeah. and that's what he was. And I guess the whole point is acting, you know, when I – when I get chosen for these roles, it's more than just I get to play it again. I mm. get to relive it in some way. So when I do what I do, I feel honoured. When someone says, you want to play that guy? It's like I'm reliving the past. Yeah. But not in a traumatic way. It's like it's a past I'll never go back to. Yeah. But I get to do it again. But also um, you're – wanted to do something like you spoke about before you're like oh you know this is the first time i felt important you know these people are like interested in me they they want to teach me stuff they want me to do things with them like this is so cool i haven't really lived like this before and being left in your own devices to sort of figure that out as well good and bad decisions that you make you feel important about it and, you know, they prey on the vulnerable, obviously, sometimes with the that sort of thing. It. Yeah, yeah, they get the people that they yeah. need to to be naive as well because um, it helps the little they know, the less that things can go wrong, right, down mm. the track. But um, also probably that that stems another thing when, oh, I want you to play this role, you know, that evokes that emotion back in you that you're like, yeah, okay, I'm wanted and I'm accepted again and I'm in this community where we're all like loved, you know, and we're all – fighting yeah. for the same thing yeah. and, and then you're also tapping into something that you don't really want to be but that you've lived before But and that's the life experiences that you use as an actor to portray these characters and you are very good at playing some of those deeper, darker roles though. Hey, that's the ones that I've seen you, you know, like that corrupted agent, like you were a detective and I the same person as us. Yeah, but um, mm. you were really like, and it comes across, you're like, man, this dude's a fucking he's a bit of a piece of shit, you know, like, yeah, you know, you're seeing yeah. it because that's what the role that you're playing, you know, but you play I've it really ex- well, but you're not that, yeah, you know, work like, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Work like experience. Real, real life experience, ah, I guess, you know, crazy. Like, it's sort of, um, it's sort of all ended. Um, here's one more quick story, not as drawn out, uh, but still, you know, interesting. Um, I was, um, DJing in a club, the synagogue nightclub in Adelaide and, I was well known by then in the clubs and once again feeling accepted, mm. feeling like I've achieved something. I'm no longer this scared little guy. I'm out there. I'm making people feel good or whatever it was that I, I was thinking at the time. Um, got to know a lot of Italians. Um, I remember, you know, off when I got off stage, um, some of my Italian friends come up to me and they said, hey, mate, um, I'm, I'm going to show you, uh, introduce you to a friend of mine, right? His name's Paolo. Uh, from Sicily. He, he hasn't been here long, right? And I need you to show him around Adelaide, all the nightclubs, okay? So you make sure you look after him, cool? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Is he done? You know, and um, I got to meet this guy. He was he was cool, like classic Italian-looking guy. Mm. Um, and uh, 
he didn't speak English very well at all. Communication was really tricky. Um, I learned a bit of Italian in high school. So it's like, come sta? He's like, va bene, grazie. Um, ti chiamo Paolo. I'm going, yeah, yeah, mi ti chiamo Andy, you know. Um, comprende. And we hung out for a little bit and he took me straight to the to the men's room and I thought, fuck, what's going on here? He pulls out a one bag from his right, so I still remember it, full of MDMA, ecstasy, and then the next one, white powder, coke. Mm. And he's pouring it straight on the toilet thing. And he says, yeah, you, it's like this. Uh, yeah. And I said, yeah, 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 bravo, bravo. Yeah, no, CC. And then bang, it just got stuck into it. And, and that was it. And we just had a ball that night, hung out at the club, flirted with the women, um, introduced him to the DJs and stuff like that. And for a few, you know, probably a couple of months we hung out, you know, he'd, just, you know, he'd give me a call and, hey, do we go out today? To, uh, I say, yeah, 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 CC, no problem. I'll meet you here. Synagogue? Yep. Yep, corrente. So we did all that and we hung out. Um, and then there was a few things after that that he introduced me to, you know, drug houses. And I walked into a house and uh, I don't know whether it was his, his house or not. He wasn't clear about it, but he says, you'll come here. He was, you see this. And I had a Croatian girlfriend at the time and he said, yeah, you bring your girlfriend. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we went there and uh, walked into the house and, I'm like, cool, man. It's like, this is a cool house. And he goes, no, go down here. And then I went down to the hallway. Uh, he opened up the doors and it was just hydroponics, mate, like dope, dope to the roof in every room in the whole house. He said, one day you live here, no problem, no rent, uh, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... There was, there was a lot of stuff, you know, we hung out for a while and, um, you know, just sort of coming to an end of, of this scenario, you know, we got taken to a dinner and um, at the top of the, I think it was a Hilton, top of the railway station in Adelaide, um, there was a big table full of Italian guys with their wives and some older guys and it was all Italians. I was the only Aussie there, you know, once I got to know him. There was a guy waiting out the front door, you know, he was sussing me out as I walked in. And after that dinner, I'm just, I thought about it, you know, like the next day or the day after, I'm thinking, man, who, who was I sitting at the table with? You know, who? And I thought, man, if it's, it's like the mafia or the Italian mob in Adelaide, because the mafia in Adelaide, you know, it's a lot of it. Um, but then we, you know, I started, yeah, probably can't say that, but I was working with the Italians for a little while. Um, and I had a little bit of product and I owed him a bit of money and then uh, he called me up. He goes, I want you to come down to the cafe, right? Come and see us, come and see Paolo. He's waiting there for you. So I walked in and uh, Paolo, I remember he's sitting there having with a coffee and he just looks, he goes, oh, you speak to the, the back there. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I went to the back through behind the counter into the kitchen and that's when the... Uh, there's two guys there, two Italian guys. And he said to me, you're fucking Paolo some money, right? You don't fucking pay in the next two days. My friend, you are fucked. Don't fuck with me, right? And he gave me that look. And his mate was standing there, pulled out a gun straight into my cheekbone, pushed me back onto the count, like the, the back kitchen where they cook shit, 
sat there, we're not fucking around. And it was the scariest shit. Like I thought, man, is, is this where I'm at? Mm. This is where I'm at. It was crazy. It was like from a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're mates with this guy, you know? like Yeah, yeah. they. I thought, I don't know, like it was a threat. I knew they weren't going to shoot me because they wanted their money. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a lot of money either. But they weird. were flexing what? They were flexing. They weren't yeah. fucking around. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was naive. I was, I was a bit laid and that was it. Um, and then they go, you know, now fuck off. So I walked out there and then Paolo's sitting at the thing. He go, and I remember I walked and Paolo says, hey, sit down. And I sat down. He goes, you good? I said, yeah. He goes, I buy you a coffee. Yeah. And he gave me that. That look, he goes, you'll be good. You're a good friend. And I said, yeah, no, nah, complain there. Mm, you know, so business, yeah. that's it. And it was fucking weird, man. It was weird. Like it was a crazy, crazy experience. But this shit, these are just two stories. This mm. shit went on, and I only say two stories. This shit went on for maybe four years, on and off, working the clubs, hanging out with you name it. It was crazy. And when, and then one day um, I got a call and uh, I answered my phone and the guy goes, um, all right, mate, we want you to uh, to stay, move where you are, move into this house, all right, you can look after shit for us and don't worry, man, you'll make some fucking good money, I swear to God, all right? You know, and I said, yeah, yeah, well, just give me a couple of days, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll think about it. He goes, yeah, you fucking, you know what I mean? It's a fucking good deal, bro. Like you, you've been with, you know, around us for long enough. I trust you, you know, because obviously like they give you a bit of a, a touch-up if mm. you fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I sat there and thought about it and I thought, my God, it sounds like he's, I've got no choice. And then I thought, what am I going to say? I need to get out of this because I thought this shit's either going to kill me or... I'm going to end up in jail or something like that. Um, not playing the victim here because, you know, I did get involved in stuff I probably should have just walked away from. Um, but I didn't have, you know, being this fucking naive kid in cotton wool, I didn't have my parents to go, you can't fucking do that anymore. It's like you box a kid up, a tiger, and you open the cage, mate, after years, that tiger's going to fucking kill. Mm. You know what I mean? And that was me. Um, I was going to find out what it's like in the wild, yeah. That's it, yeah. you know. And uh, I didn't have mentors to go, bro, what are you fucking doing? Mm. Don't, don't fucking hang around them, all right? I yeah. didn't have that. You had these figures around yeah. you that were yeah. had a lot of power by the sounds of it but yeah, were giving you did. praise but keeping you in line at the same time and you yeah. sort of something's got to go, your intuition's got to tick a little bit like this mm. isn't quite, something's not quite right here. I can't keep doing this yeah. for so long. I felt because, special. yeah. I felt like or they were feeding wanted, that part of you, know you right? I mean? That that yeah. ego, whatever you want to call it, like they yeah. were feeding it to you, and you felt special. You were involved yeah. in what was going on, yeah. But also it had to dawn on you that this couldn't go on for too much longer. At some point, right? There must have been a breaking point where you well, were just like, "I got to get the fuck out of this." That's exactly what happened. You know, it was a couple of days later he called me back up, um, and he goes, "So, uh, so what are we going to do here?" And I said. Um, I said, listen, um, my dad's, I thought about, I thought about what to say. You know, they truthfully did live in Queensland. Um, but he, you know, my dad wasn't unwell, but I said, my dad's really, really ill, mate. I've got to go to Queensland. I've got to go now. 
Like, this is fucked. It's my dad. And the good thing is I started learning about their culture and the criminality side and how they interact and I learned a fucking lot, man. Like it was a three, four-year course yeah. with these guys. So yeah. I learned a fucking lot, you know, and, um, you know, family is big, right? They Even they understand that. Yeah. They know that. If you get it, you get these people. Family is probably the only excuse you'll get away with. So I used it. And I said, I've got to go. The next 48 hours, I just fucking gave half my shit away, sold my shit, packed the car, jumped in the car, consumed some drugs to keep me awake and I drove and I barely stopped till I got to Brisbane. Mm. I slept for four hours somewhere between Adelaide and Brisbane. Um, my parents hadn't seen me in person for a long time um, and I said, you know, on the phone, I said, oh, I'm almost here. And not only hadn't I hadn't slept, um, I wasn't the same placid, un, unsort of uh, touched Andy, this nice little quiet guy anymore. I was a fucking madman yeah. in a way. Um, I rocked up to the front of the house and there was my sister. I still remember my sister, my brother, uh, my mum and dad waiting out the front. And I remember opening the door, getting out and going, I'm going to fucking sue the council because I couldn't fucking find this street. Like you, there's a fucked and I was going off. So I was no longer this quiet, placid Andy. Mm. Like I was a fucking maniac. And um, looking back, I felt so bad. Like I shouldn't have, but that's the way my, my mental state was. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of drugs over the years and 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 suddenly I was streetwise and I was like, don't fuck with me. Um you know, so it's, it's a little bit tricky to talk about, but because it sort of makes me feel like that again. But I know I'm not like that. Mm. Um, and and that was, and I remember my my mum just breaking down and my sister crying and hugging each other, and it's almost like they're saying, "What what have we got here? Yeah, like, what happened to our boy? What happened to our boy? Yeah, who is he?" Um, and that was it. And I just just want to touch on that part of it, but it's it's something I haven't really spoken to a lot of people about, but it comes back to um, ask me to play that bad guy, ask me to play that cop in in a film and I feel it's not just about getting the role or being a part of a film crew. It's like, cool, I get to be that again. Mm. Does that make you feel powerful, like evoking those emotions again, you know, like tapping yeah. into something there? You're like, yeah, I, feel, I can briefly flirt with this wild bad yeah. side again but it's okay because I'm doing it for the art, you know. I'm doing it for the art. Yeah. Um, I can walk away from it mm. when they say cut. Yeah. Or that's a wrap. Yeah. Um, and when I'm doing it, I do generally feel that sense of power. Yeah. You know, even with you guys in that film, like I was a, a corrupt detective and I thought as soon as I walked in that room, I just felt that feeling of domination. Mm. It's like you're, you know, I don't care who, who you two are, that's it. I own you. Mm. But that was a part of the role as well. Yeah. To, to sort of be this, you know, Agent Kruger, you know. It's like we've been had and something like that, you know. that I, I don't know if if maybe it helped me in a way. Um, I don't know, but it's just an interesting part of my life I just yeah. wanted to talk about. Yeah. Maybe that's why I play those roles as, you know, a loving husband. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think it helped you uh, also kind of 
get over it and get past it. Like maybe yeah. some sort of, uh, I don't know, healing process, you know, like letting those last bit out and go, yeah, okay, I'm not that guy anymore. You know, I, that's, yeah. no, that's not me, but I'll use it for this. And then I'll just, you know, I can kind of go past it again now because I've, yeah. I've transformed, I've evolved in my evolution of a human being, you know, to something else now. And that's not me. I flirted with that side. Now I understand it. I get yeah. that it's yeah. the bad of side of me or the bad side of society and what people can do to manipulate the others. Environment. But yeah. Um, yeah. I now, I now am, I appreciate people um, a lot more. Yeah. I, I see them for what they are. I can see the good hearts and I can see the bad ones. Mm. It's like my, the rose colored glasses are off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see straight down to the core. Yeah, I see. I see good people, yeah. and I'm passionate, passionate about caring about good people and protecting them. I feel protective. Mm. I I cringe at bullies. You know, if I see a disadvantaged person um, being picked on, that instinct kicks back in, and I will go into protection mode. Um, if someone tells me about that they've been abused in some way, um, I feel. I want to get that person, that abuser, you know, and I guess I feel protective of people that are that have been through shit mm. or, or genuine victims. Um, I've got a great love for good, caring people that that care about others, and I guess that's why I got into uh, being a, a youth support worker, yeah. caring for these young kids, yeah. and in some cases, adults. You know, I see their disadvantage. They're the ones pushed to the side. I saw a lot of that in my late teens, you know, the have-nots, and I've got massive, massive empathy for people like that. I want to protect them. Yeah. I want to care for them. I want them to know it's okay to feel included. And I'm glad in a way if I had looked back and, uh, you know, someone says, would you, would you do that three, four, five years again that you did? and go through those experiences, would you do it again? Um, it's a hard one to answer yeah. because I don't know whether it, it's my empathy because I've got a huge amount of empathy for people, like it's probably over the top. It's like, you know, if I see someone being bullied or victimised or my instincts kick in, yeah. I, will, I just want to annihilate that bully, you know. If I didn't go through all that, would I feel the same way? Maybe I'd still be naive. Yeah, possibly not. No, it's um, part of your evolution as yeah. a as as a as a man. You know, growing up. Yeah, it's um, that's it. But it's it's just like these environments that um that mold you into who you are. And then it's funny that you like go back on the other side of it, and that you're helping the same people that have, could have been so naive in those situations the same way you were when you were impressionable. And then you, you see that, and then you yeah. want to help, right? Like you're like, oh, yeah. I see a bit of you and me and I think I can help guide you into maybe not making the same mistakes that I do yes. or that I did but also those mistakes got you to be the person you are today so would you do it all over again most times most people will say you know that are humble that are, you know that are okay and come to terms with what's this. the worst like, thing in the game I could have got shot yeah you know, like but you didn't I didn't yeah I'm still here and you learned from it and yeah yeah you wouldn't be the person you are today now because of yeah. it and also you wouldn't be able to help those people you wouldn't be able to tap into those things to yeah. fuel you for those acting roles that you take on it's just it's part of life right it's weird it yeah. is what it is it's yeah. like it's like one of the roles that I got into um brothers 
that was directed and written by Cameron Brunt. Um, I had to play the bar, you know, the badass, and and I went to the gym to, to sort of buff up and look dangerous for it. Um, his it wasn't really an audition; it was more of an interview. He sat down with me, just like this, yeah, and he said, "Well, just you know, what have you done in the past?" and you know, talk about your acting. And I said, I just did this and that. And I was, I didn't, just nervous. I get nervous. And I didn't know whether I'd actually get the role, but I sat there and just ran down um, a little short sort of story of what I did and what I'd seen and stuff like that. Um, and, and I remember him sort of probably waiting for me to finish because I rambled on a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he just says, oh, yeah, I think you'd be right for the role. I remember him saying that and I say, thanks. And he goes, yeah, yeah, look, you can play him, all right? And and that was cool. So, and I guess I felt so authentic in that role. I just, I feel so authentic playing that, you know. People think what are these gangsters like and what are these tough guys like? They're actually, a lot of them are boring, mm. you know. They're not that extravagant and over the top. You know, when you see these gangsters like in film, try act over the top. A lot of them have never, you know, rubbed shoulders with a real guy. They're just, yeah. they're just like fucking you and me, and they just talk shit yeah. and, and whatever it is. And um, they're not that exciting. They're not that intelligent either. A lot of them. Sorry if you're watching. <laughs> um, you know, they're just, they just do things differently to us. Mm. You know, so that's why playing Agent Kruger or, or playing Jack in Brothers or any of those sort of roles, I just just know that um, I'm not going to be that over the top. I, I don't – I like the word performing. I'm just going to be myself mm. and with a few adjustments and that's it. And I say that about all actors. I say, you know, have fun um, playing your role you don't need to exaggerate too much. I mean, yeah, find the emotion. If the emotion's required of you, find it and make sure it matches your facial expressions and vice versa. But you got cho- chosen for that role because of your look, because of your intensity, mm. because of your voice. Well, if you, you overplay know, it, it comes across on screen like the camera doesn't lie time. and you can see when people are overacting in scenes yes. and things like that and trying to force that emotion out. I mean, sometimes the things aren't there to tap into, you know, that you kind of and you do what's um, called, you know, playing the playing the emotion rather than actually tapping into the emotion and, and seeing I like the way you said that. Yeah. it's a, oh, you, Well said. Yeah. They, they do it in acting classes, you know. It's like if you're like the last thing you have to fall on, if you can't seem to tap into what it is that you're trying to do and your, your, your craft isn't working and the, your substitutions and things that aren't there, just play it, you yeah, know, play, have play faith. the emotion. Yeah. Believe in yourself. He picked you, whoever it might be, the casting director or the director or whoever picked you, um, they saw your show reel, they saw a picture of yourself, they go, this guy's perfect. Now have faith that you can execute that role as yourself with mm. appropriate tweaks. Yeah. You don't need to do much more. Because you are just playing forms of yourself. Yeah. That's it. People don't know that, but, you know. Like, look at Morgan Freeman. At- he's a really good actor, right? Um, Morgan Freeman, he just he's just got an amazing voice. Yeah. He's got that look. 
he can just literally be his organic fucking self well, on he, the street. He is really. That's what he it is seems himself. like. You know, he's just, but he's so lovable as well. Like yeah. he's so gentle and you kind of believe it. And I've seen, I actually recently watched, um, a newer film that come out with, um, him, uh, Robert De Niro, the dude that was like the white guy that was the lead on Scrubs. Um, you know, the TV show, the do- they were the doctors or, you know, the comedy thing. I don't thing. watch TV. Nah, nah, okay, but people will know what I'm talking about. I mean, Scrubs is a huge hit show. But, um, and it was called The Comeback Trail. Tommy Lee Jones was in it as well. It was, okay. it was really quite good. Yeah, eh? Tommy um, Lee Jones. It was, yeah, it, was, it was funny, man. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and Morgan Freeman's in it. But he's a bad guy. He's a gangster in it, wow. you know, and Robert De Niro owes him money for, I'm like, making his films and stuff. Now. But he's so it's <laughs> it's so hard to believe him, but he's, like, this naive bad guy where, yeah. like, Robert De Niro just talks him into wanting to make these movies even though he knows You're it's not going to me. sell. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's, he's hard to believe as a bad guy because he's that gentle – he just yeah. has that gentle, calming energy about him especially on screen and i'm sure if you meet him in person not that i have but you know he's that guy but like in the in the grease of the green mile somewhere, uh, he's that real big guy you know the one that's oh like, yeah 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 the green fantastic mile. movie that one yeah tom hanks yeah the big i forget the big black guy's name yeah i don't know yes i know who you're talking about he's, intense. Yeah. he's, he's a, a gentle giant the gentle yeah. giant that's just, the word but just so gentle yeah like yeah. you just yeah. love him eh? and um but he's just like in there for something really sinister, right? And it could just crush your head probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was so well, you know, um, cast oh, for that film. Brilliant. Like they that's cast it so film. well, didn't yeah. they? Sometimes like when you just go, who else could have played that role? Nah, you can't and see And you just it. go, how did they cast that so well? You know they nailed it when you, you're yeah. just like, I couldn't see anyone else do it. It's like um, uh, Patrick Bateman played like American Psycho yeah. played by – that guy that we we're talking about earlier. Kevin the one Spacey. That, no, the one that went off. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, hang on. Christian Kevin, Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Kevin yeah. Spacey. Um, but you're talking about Christian Bale and Psycho, right? Is yeah, it? American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. I believe in taking care of myself with a balanced diet and a rigorous training routine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's eerie. I, I didn't watch Perfectly I, picked. Yeah, cast. I don't remember watching it when it first came out or anything. I think I'd seen scenes of it before, but actually Jeremy got me to study that film for one of the roles that I was playing, and I was just like, wow, Whoa, this is intense, man. I haven't seen Christian Bale like this. Like, I know him as Batman. Dude. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. But yeah, seeing him in that, I'm just like, oh, this is another Dude, light. What, that what I did role that was that? I can't remember what it was. That was an insane. Um, there must have been an insane role, dude. Honestly, it may have actually been something that for Alpha, um, oh, okay. but he just wanted me. Yeah. There was there was a reason why he wanted me to play. I think it might have been too because of you know he's like pretending to be something. He's that business dude, but then again, he's this guy that gets woman over to his house, dates them and then, you know, kills them. And he's absolutely psycho and is, and he's holding yeah. that front of that person yeah. all the time in natural society. Yes. And my role, um, Tobias Kane and that, um, being a detective is that I was like that by the book detective, like sucking up the ass of the sergeant. Like I was his number one guy, do what you say, Sarge. But yeah. I was also really womanizing character. Like I had a wife, but I was sleeping with. <laughs> that doesn't um, sound the, like you. <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping with the, um, my, my partner in crime, which you walk in on in the scenes and stuff like yes. that. But I think, I, th- I believe that was the inspiration behind yeah. him getting me to watch uh, that. I believe that was one well, of Christian the Christian Bale, 
um, in that role, American Psycho, playing Patrick Bateman, was very emotionless. Yeah. It's like had this artificial emotion. Yeah. It's like, it was like al- a plastic face. Yeah. I've yeah. always wondered what her head would look like on a stick. You know, he's like, he just. That's so crazy. You know, and then he'd be like, <laughs> and everyone would go like, Patrick. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it was emotionless. Yeah. Um, but the other one, Kevin Spacey, what was that movie? We are talking about it before. Well, I think American Beauty, is that what no, you were? No, no, with, with, with the guys, um, oh, with all those guys there. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You know, I can't think of it. What was that? We were talking about that yeah, before. Yeah, we were talking about it before. What's that? <laughs> Usual suspects. Usual suspects. suspects. That's right. That's yeah, it. that's it. That was brilliant. That's one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, that's great film. Yeah. What's What's one of your favorites? Tell me, oh, man. But like, you just sat there and just go, "That's just intense acting." As that's I say, amazing. I'm a huge Christian Bale fan. Um, yeah. Is he any good in Batman? Because I don't really. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, or is it just I'm the gravelly voice? Nah, he's just, fucking brilliant. Like, really? um, yeah, I'm a huge okay. Batman fan. Like, Batman yeah. Begins, which is the first one with him in it of the Christopher Nolan trilogy series, is my favorite film. But yeah, it's like okay. the the journey, you know, to become Batman as well. Like being from Bruce Wayne and then coming like training with Ra's al Ghul and all those guys, and then he comes through and then becomes yeah. Batman, you know, and then what portrays the dark knight and things like that that come from it yeah yeah i love that trilogy like i'll watch that once or twice that whole trilogy a year like i, I absolutely yeah, yeah have you watch. watched the original supermans like from <sighs> the 1980s christopher what's his name i, oh, I can't even know yeah I, I'm not, I think like you've you must have put too much in this drink <laughs> i didn't put anything in that that's oh, yeah. the one that you brought oh, but was it? we can crack the whiskey if you're ready for that you serious <laughs> i think i'm done with this um um, yeah. Oh man. Impressionable Christopher movies. Reeve. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Like, I don't know if I've seen that. Back like his day. brilliance, his brilliance as an actor in, um, you know, Superman one, the original ones like from 1978, 1979. Um, so that God. was impressionable for you. Like, is that oh, big time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't see like the younger generation. I'm always curious. I want to know like, cause that was a massive film that, that just, <laughs> taxi (laughs) um like that that was something that had a massive impression on me and and it was not just the music um the music is huge in film and let me say again jeremy nailed the music in the score yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he had a really good guy like jesus my bad we we seriously got to do taxi does anyone would you like to take over (laughs) (laughs) look it's not as bad as the last one i know i had an esky chili bin for my uh country folk (laughs) but uh right next to it and it had to fold over the handle over the butt and i kept knocking it over every time i was doing it last time yeah made a hell of a racket but it wasn't much better i'll tell you what i'm feeling dizzy (laughs) he's going for another one (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, films like, yeah, I think Christian Bale, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, guys like that, uh, some of my favorite yes. actors, um, and what yeah. they're in. I mean, it's just terrific. Um, Leonardo. Uh, Pulp Fiction was amazing. Like that was another one that I know is hugely inspirational for yes. Jeremy as well. But what I really loved about that film was, the, all the intertwining stories coming together as the, as the yes. one story. Like yes. I thought the way they developed the characters and, and they intertwined all that to, to come together for one movie was just Brilliant. absolute genius yes. yeah, from Tarantino. Um, and that's like 
yeah, I, Royale I absolutely, with cheese. Yeah, well, that's it's like you know, and then next minute it's going on to all kinds of different topics. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. it was amazing. It was like he wrote, he, he had a film, you know, one twenty minutes or one fifty minutes or whatever. He broke it up into sections. Said that's going to be the topic. We're going to do the hamburger one um, for for scene. For, for topic six and then we're going to do the car running people over for eight and that, and then he wrote his scripts around each sort of topic yeah to merge them together yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then we're going to merge them together like a big hamburger so cheers big ears no worries no cola cheers, man <laughs> that straight whiskey mate that's you're how we intense. do it you're intense Holy moly. Oh, is that a bit strong for you? You used to it with a mixer. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's nice to sip on, mate. You get there. Yes. What is it? We've got a long branch. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice, small batched aged American oak. Love it. That's amazing. It's good. That or the Buffalo Trace last time me and Jeremy went through a bottle of that Buffalo Trace. Oh, really? So where did he end up? Uh, man, his missus was up here. She, um, doing something on a film yeah. set. Uh, we ended up going out after actually, yeah, he stayed up here with oh, me. Yeah. It was actually hilarious. Like he was still sleeping on the couch, like <laughs> well into the afternoon. Um, and oh I'm watching UFC and he woke up for the main fight. And that was about it. Here I just didn't even go. know how he was yeah. out to it for that long with the TV going and everything. I'm just like, man, oh, dude, you champion. Had but um, he burns the candle at both ends a lot. And, um, yeah. yeah. So probably, most creatives well, do, don't yeah, they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like if they're not having guns put to their head, they're drinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you got to do something crazy. Well, it's where the brilliance comes from. A lot of those small hours of the nights, you know, what you're yeah. tapping into, like it yep. just comes to you, and you just get on that flow state, and you just got to yes. get it out. Like no matter what you do, yeah. it just you just get it out. You're into that. Yeah. You're into that. Um, you're just in tune with what you're doing, and yeah, it's just the time just lapses around you, and you're just in another world. Whatever it takes to experience the entire spectrum of emotion from the deepest feeling of grief right up to the the, the, the fantastic high elation. And I think once you've experienced that and you, you've, you've hit it enough times and someone gives you a role and you need this one here or that one there, you can find it. Mm. And I think maybe that's what makes a good actor, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's tapping into that stuff from the void and from within yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I mean, do, did you, could you have ever seen yourself getting involved in the acting game? Like you said, you're a shy kid as well. Like um, I could both relate to that. And, um, but you were, you were transforming, you were finding yourself, you got involved with certain people, but they were giving you love and elation in a different category. And then you, yeah. you get into the film game where people are, jazzing you up as well you know like oh and but it's they like were the good first people time, yeah and it's the first you know, time you're getting that kind of a, they weren't doing lines of coke off the nah. scarlet and red camera you nah. know what i mean but they were giving like, you appreciation you know yeah and they were validation and, yeah and maybe you, yeah and you just feel yeah. great about yourself you're like okay this okay i can be more of me i can tap into all those yeah. things those strange little um wells within myself to bring this emotion out and it's okay i'm yeah. in a safe environment to create to to explore these things without getting judged yeah i like and and plus it was another thing that um being that quiet guy that didn't you like i still don't like to socialize in big groups mm. i've still got that with me you know um a lot of the time i don't if there's awards nights, even if I'm in the film, I just won't go. I just don't like being around lots and lots of people or anything pretentious. Like it's probably over awareness 
which sometimes I wish I didn't have, but I've got that street wiseness and over awareness that anything that's pretentious or not right, I just won't go there. Yeah. And I don't care for what reason. I don't care if I'm getting nominated. It's like if it just doesn't feel right, I'm just not going there. Like I, I will say no thanks. Um, and but being that shy kid, um, from a from a young age, it was sort of good to step back and jump on a stage. Um, and there's 1,500, 2,000 people in front of you just all screaming and raving and you're just doing, you know, make some noise for Groove Terminator in the house, you know, and doing all the the voices and shit, man. I put on a lot of voices. It's probably yeah. why I like acting as well. Um, and then, you know, just just being able to play those roles. And the, the biggest thing I sort of think about is can I nail it? Like can I – it's simple for me. It's not that complex. I mean there's, there's – like I'm – I'm not putting myself down, but I'm average sort of intelligence. I know that. There's some highly intelligent people that analyse shit to pieces and I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even get what you're saying. You're like, you know, like I look at this painting and it's like and they analyse it. I'm just like, what the fuck are you on about? Like this is really is a fucking painting. You know, it's got a few different colours and shit. And, yeah, the rose is round and whatever. Um, just as long as... I can walk away and feel like I've done justice to the film. Um, people are happy with me. You yeah. know, that's a big one. Like the director going, you know, it comes to that validation thing. It's like the director goes, fuck, you smashed it, okay. But to be truthful about it, like I'd rather a, a director to go, bro, I just fucking, I didn't like it. You just, you fucked that up. Yeah. I'd love that shit. I get off on jazz that. the ego. Yeah, uh, yeah. fucking Give me it, give me it, give it to me. Um, and I'll do it until I fucking nail it and I'll walk away because I'm my, we're our own biggest critics, you know, yeah, actors yeah, and shit, sure. mate. Well, we 100%. fucking rip ourselves to bits, yeah. man. We do. We watch our film and we go, fuck, I should have said that word differently. Yeah, oh, how yeah. weak was that? In hindsight, there's so many things that you would change, but that's Dude. what comes with uh, the territory of uh, being an actor or being a perfectionist. Yeah. Or, We're so fucking stuff. critical. I know, yeah. So Is that why A-level actors don't watch their own films? Probably, yeah. Because, because I don't I think cringe, it, well, and it fucks you know? with you as well mentally. And then yeah. it's, so you take that with you yeah. into the next one where you want to just be this um, multiple palette, you know, that you're bringing in from the void, you're bringing in from these places and you're letting this thing happen and create and you're taking advice from here and there and you're bouncing off your your co-contributor co, uh, in the you scene. You got it down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah I think that's why though, yeah, because yeah. it, it really does mess with you. I think it's a really – great tool to have when you're starting out because you got to, you got to look at yourself and go, okay, I can see where like I was struggling to breathe in that scene. Breathing is like a fundamental thing for the fit when yeah. you first start as an actor, from because, the stomach, yeah, because from how, the, are you, how are you supposed yeah. to actually get out the words and the right emotion and the tone and everything that you're trying to do if you can't even breathe properly? Like yeah. it's just, you just got to naturally be in the scene and then just breathe with it and go with it. And yeah. then you can start, uh, getting somewhere with it but when you first look yourself you the camera you're like oh man I look so awkward I look so nervous and this and that and it's I've it's a great thing that. and it's so hard to get used to at the start to yeah. really like understand what you're looking at I want to vomit at some of the shit I've done yeah 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 and yeah. I'll fucking watch it once or twice and I go nah I hope that never gets shown to anybody. <laughs> yeah. But that's the beauty of a film is that you can cut certain portions of it to make it look good even if the whole part yes. of the scene didn't look great. But Editor, you yeah. better get it right, bro. <laughs> and <laughs> so like, many things can be changed in the edit, you know. I like admire transform. editors. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough thing like to Jeremy. do. Jeremy. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what he said is one of the huge things that he's gone down now is that he's loves editing. It's like creating yes. a film all over again, you know, and it really is. And so he edited his last feature and he's Get just rid like, of my fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a funny thing, eh? Like, and and then you like get to a point where you're like, you overanalyze. Like me, I can overanalyze so many things in life and in my creative creative um, elements or you know uh, creative uh, things that I'm going down. You know, mm. in my projects, and I can overanalyze it. And then you're like, oh man, I don't even think I'm good at all anymore. Like, I don't even yeah. know what I'm doing. Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. You know, and that can become really. Do you think critical. it's a confidence thing? Like, is I it self confidence? Confidence on a and level? belief is yeah. probably the biggest thing in this game. Do you, do you have any influences that sort of bring your confidence up? Like I, uh, I use David Goggins. Yeah, I love Goggins. Yeah, yeah. It's like you want to get it right, you got to do it like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just when you it's think like, that your limits on yourself, you can pass that. Yeah, stay yeah. hard, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> right, I love him, man. Yeah, and and Rogan references him all the time, and he's great Rogan. on Rogan's um, podcast. Yes, um, yes, I've done his book, his audio book. Okay. Um, it's like 11 hours, man. It's, it's full on, but his backstory from being like a really, really overweight dude, like, and then getting to himself to be yes. a Navy SEAL and yes. then in the highest realm of the Navy SEAL stuff. Or as Joe Rogan says, man, that's fucking intense, man. This guy is fucking intense. Yeah. And he's like, great. I love the way he, he he's really inspirational. I think his book yeah. is really good. Um, yeah. And he had a lot of like uh, abusive dad, like growing yes. up and like they took it he out did. of his mom and his brother and all that. And that's what yeah. stemmed like a lot of, um, a lot of the things with him and within yeah. him. Um, I'm curious naturally, and that's why I do what I'm doing here with the podcast. That I'm naturally curious about how people go about what they do, and I know I can apply those. Do you want to know anything else? Well, we'll we'll get we can get there. But uh, what what I was sort of saying is that um, yeah, like those kind of guys, like they're wonderful to to listen to how they do, and then you can apply some of those things to your own life. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I think I think I'm I'm big on like the confidence within yourself, you know, and I've been in areas when I was real shy and quiet and didn't know what I was doing to blossoming as, as a, as a boy and growing into a man, you know, and realizing these passions and things. And that really didn't even come about until a lot of time until I moved over here when I went away from family and everything, just moved over here by myself that I actually found. Yeah. And I found, and I tapped, started to tap into all those things that make me who I am. And I got passionate about the film game and there wasn't like a lot of like those people around me to boost it up, you know, and like say that you're doing an awesome job at what you're doing. Like people in the creative industry are so like, um, humble and so, um, outreaching with that kind of, um, advice to you or not advice, but just uh, acknowledgement, you know, and that's, and it jazzes you up and you do better. And then you're like, Oh man. So I'm, how do you, I'm, I'm invincible, you know, how but do you take advice? Like say, have you ever taken? I don't take it very well. It, 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 okay. I, I get embarrassed, you know, like I don't know, like when, so, but I, I like so hearing someone, it. you know, how you see as a God, God, dude, you, man, you fucking nailed that. You did mm. such a great thing. I'm better at it now, but, um, yeah. oh, I like, I'll get like a little bit, I'm like, oh, shit, thanks man. Like, you know, like I get embarrassed. Do you, like, do I don't you really, like to do you really it. feel thanks or do you, what do you, do you, um, do you go, when, do you think, oh, fuck, oh, I didn't, I didn't do it that good. Don't. Well, know? I can tell, like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of like energy and character. So yeah, I can okay. tell if someone's saying it and they don't actually believe what yeah. they're saying, you know, yeah, okay. but when they do it, I know they're being genuine. It's like, that's a big fucking fish, man. It's like, yeah. dude, it's a 35 centimeter whiting. That's not fucking big. Yeah. Well, you get that <laughs> imposter syndrome a little bit too. Like you're yeah. like, oh man, am I really? Did I? Did I? Did I? I don't want to really want to believe it. You know, like, um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I struggle with compliments. Like I'll, 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 I'll just Same. give a compliment back, you know, like I, I just like reflect it with something else. I just say back to him and say, well, you've, you've got a beautiful face. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a weird thing. eh? but I really think that confidence and that self-belief is everything in this game. And I've been to a point yeah. where I've built that up and had so much in myself that pushed me forward for years and years to go on. And then I've had that completely knocked out of me as well to right. the point of, I'm like, is this even worth it again? Like, do yeah, I want okay. to go through all this? Because I yeah. know what it came, what it, what it took for me to get to that point. So we're all on, on sort of the seesaws, aren't we? Yeah. With that. It's a all of us. Yeah. We, we've got I to admit so. that. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like, but a lot of people don't, be, you know, you can't be up here all the time. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. We're all on seesaws with that confidence level, no matter what you do in life. Mm. Even fucking David Goggins, man, behind the scenes, he's got to, he's got to say, oh, fuck, you know, I'm not feeling that fucking good today, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to wash the dishes and go for a 40 fucking mile run. Mm. So fuck you. You know well, what I, I mean? I think it's like, acknowledging it though as well, right? Yeah. So you acknowledge acknowledging. the fact that you I'm don't feeling feel fucked today. great. I'm not feeling great I feel really, really off kilter. My confidence is fucked today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but it's, then it's like, so once you, once you actually can admit that to yourself, it, it can alleviate a lot of that stress yeah. and frustration that you're probably yep. putting on yourself that is boosting that badder, rotten mm. part of the apple, you know, like within you. So you're like, okay, yeah, I'm addressing it. Mm. Okay. The rot's gonna, it can, can stop a yeah. little bit there and then you can begin to like mend it, you know, and, or alleviate it in whatever way you're going down. Okay. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to clear my head, you know, but at least I've acknowledged, I, I feel like shit today. I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to go for a run, but I'm going to start and I'm going to keep that momentum going and then see where, see where, I, where it ends up. And often you can just surpass where you were at. And mm. then you're like, I feel great again. I, I want to right. hear from you, Dan Good. What is your what? What motivates you? What you know, motivates me? Yeah. What? What's? What's? You know. Say you're having a week where you just don't feel that motivated. Where do you go? Where do you source motivation from? So say it's like the run you were just talking about. Mm. Um, you're planning on running tomorrow. You wake up in the morning. I don't want to fucking run. I just fuck it. You know, and then maybe I did the dishes this morning. That's fucking good enough. I mm. did them last night. What makes you just go, fuck it, I'm running? Like, I think it's experience. I think because you've been in those positions before where you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to run. And then you don't do it, right? And you sit around mm. and you feel lazy and then it eats away at you because you didn't do the thing that you set out to do. Yeah. And then it just makes you feel even shittier and shittier inside. And then, so you've, you've done that portion before, right? And that's feeding the evil within or whatever that's making you be so slack and lazy. But then once you're actually been in those positions before where you've gone, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, at least I'll do 10 minutes rather than that hour long run that I was going to go okay. do. And then you start walking and you start feeling a bit better. And you're like, you know what? I don't feel that bad anymore. I can start, I can keep going. And you you start to, that fire just like ignites mm. in you. You're like, you know what, what? Why was I thinking so shitty before? Like in that mindset, it's just about pushing through, I think. And yeah. that's a big thing yes. with Goggins, you know, it's just pushing through because you know, you have that untapped potential within you. It's just about getting into it, you know, and firing that engine up. It's like a steam engine, you know, and, and the more and those chemicals, you create, yeah, the more endorphins, yeah. the chemicals that creates in your brain, the better you feel about yourself, the further you push yourself, the more you're going to become of you. That's you it. Tap Be into. Because you got some, you know, you got some people that sit on the couch and they do fuck all. Yeah. And they, they just drink and they do fuck all. And it's a self-sabotaging way. Exactly. You know? And they want these endorphins and they go, well, fucking, I want the endorphins. I need the endorphins to, so I get off the couch and go for a run. It's like get off your fucking fat ass and 
go for the run first, experience what it's like, mm. or go to the gym, just do one fucking crazy intense yeah. workout without injuring yourself, feel what it's like to get this injection um, of endorphins and all that good shit. Yeah. And it become it is literally almost like a human produced drug and it becomes addictive and you're going to be chasing it. And I say to people, you know, with say with depression, because I had all the reasons in the world to be fucked up, mm. you know, the amount of drugs I took in Adelaide, you know, my, my dad took me to a doctor to get fucking analysed to see, you know, whether I had, um, you know, whatever that fucked up thing is, you know, um, psycho crap. Yeah. Um, there's a different word for it. It's not so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can't fucking think of it now. See, yeah. what, see what it's done? My memory is shit. Th- yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and I had all the reasons in the world not to be motivated and not to to do any, you know, it's, sometimes it is a struggle. Um, but things like if you really want to know and you're watching this now and you're feeling like I'm not that fucking motivated, I could do more, you don't have to be a fucking champion. You don't have to to climb mountains, um, Google or YouTube David Goggins, right, and listen to his story um, with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, listen to David Goggins and listen to the way this guy, what he's been through. Mm. And the you, mindset and the and thing, the, the, mind, the, the actual mindset. battles within yourself. They're that you the have to fucking go words. Yeah. They're well, the words. I think that's mindset. it. And, it, and it's, it is a mindset. And But like I say, once you start doing the thing, like it's like writing or Momentum. whatever, you know, yeah, you just yeah. pick up the page and write something. Just start writing shit, like whatever you're feeling, as ludicrous as fucking, it sounds. I don't feel like writing today. Yeah. I can't be fucked on now. I'm going to start the story. But all of a sudden it just it, it starts to work over those cogs in your mind and it just yeah. starts going and you just start tapping into something and then all of a sudden you're you're out of that hour long that you've that you've written there could be 20 minutes of brilliance in there but you force yes. yourself at the start and the first half an hour was terrible but yeah. that's what you have to do you yep. got to force that within you and you start to the endorphins start to run things start to just fire within you and your brain synapses and it's just cracking it back in because Bang. it's so much easier mm. to be lazy it's so much easier to oh, sit around and right. chuck a movie on and not do what you have Thank to you. do but you're running away from your problems you're avoiding the hard stuff and sometimes yeah. you just need to start that's it like yeah. it's like you can you can list all the problems in the world of why you're not going to start the task that you're trying to go on but why not just use all that energy that what you're going to what does david goggins call it it's like that 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 mother in your head saying um no it'll be okay you just sit there you don't have to do fuck all i'm gonna give you a big hug you can just sit on the motherfucking couch and do shit yeah right and then it's like it's the hard voice it's like get off the couch walk down the stairs, go for that run, you know. That's hard. That seems harder, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems more difficult. It's like, fuck. But you know what? You know what I, this is what I used to do because I'm shit for washing dishes, right? I know. I've got a dishwasher, but <laughs> yeah. I, can't be, I can't even be fuck packing it. You know, I've got all these dirty dishes and, um, and before I go to bed, they've got these dishes sitting there. It's as simple as this. This is really unsophisticated. Um and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm tired. And as soon as I get that voice in my head, don't do the dishes, just go to bed. And you know what I say to myself? I go, well, how about fuck you? I'm going over and I'm doing these dishes. And once they're fucking sitting in that rack drying off naturally, by the way, I don't use tea towels, yeah, yeah. Um, then I'll go to bed. 
And I love to challenge myself. Yeah. Like oh, you fuck with your own mind. You fight your own. And you feel accomplished though. Diet. You've actually done something you set yeah. out to do as well. And but it can be a victory. such a little task. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's the small wins, I won you know. The, that, I won the arm wrestle against my own mind. Yeah, exactly. My own mind saying, I don't want to do this. And I'm just like, well, fuck you. I'm doing it. And then it's like, it's why, gotcha. why put off what you're, go, what you're going to do today why put it off till tomorrow when you can do it today and then you can start something new tomorrow, you know? Exactly. And it's just, it's simple little steps though. And it is about taking those little steps and having those little victories and acknowledging mm-hmm. those little victories, you know, yeah. that end up going to the bigger task, the bigger goal. It's And and that's what it is about life, you know? Like yes. you can always see those high points that you want to reach to, but if you're only looking at the, t- the top of the mountain, it, it makes high, all that climb so much harder. But if you can see the mm-hmm. little peaks and valleys of what you're trying to get to step by step, eventually, you're halfway up that mountain and that end goal is in sight. And it's just about achieving those little things, those little wins within yourself. I reckon, you know, it's not going to be that long before you take on David Goggins and you're starting to tell him what to do because you're, you're good. <laughs> you <laughs> Thanks, are, brother. I appreciate you're, it. You are good, bro. Like, I like that shit. You, yeah. you, you, you know, you do it without the Fs and the, you know, you, you're inspirational. They go, fucking this, fucking that, and being all full on. But you say what David says. And another big thing as well is um, is what you eat. You know that yeah. what you are is what you eat? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what? Um, people that struggle emotionally, like when it comes to depression and whatnot, um, because I've had all the reasons in the world to be depressed and be fucked up and whatever it is, um, and I've had these waves of emotion and stuff, and I know when it's coming. Um, one of the biggest things I did, one of the biggest tricks I did was regulating my diet and and it's no fancy bullshit magical um you gotta take this fucking diet for you know 29.99 a week and you can be the best or none of that shit right um simple things like minimizing all the bullshit crap processed food that's out there and the fact is that that's what we're 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 putting in our bodies Mm. we're eating a lot of bullshit yeah. I mean, not me, I fucking avoid it. And sugar as well is a big one because oh, sugar yeah. smashes you up, gives you a big high and drops down you with the insulin yeah. rising. Yeah. So you actually go, you're actually going, oh, I feel fucked and I feel depressed and I felt so great ages ago. You know what that is? That's all the bullshit going like this mm. because you're eating shit. Yeah, well, your system takes you a know? long time to process that sort of stuff. But you're I mean, right we're saying now, this while you're... drinking alcohol, yeah. but, you know, this is a special moment. Exactly. Uh, but normally I wouldn't be doing this, right? Yeah. And neither would you. Nah, uh, what? It, it, yeah. it is Sunday, long weekend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I may have had a few like, it's, uh, yesterday. It's the weekend. Yeah. So, no, not all the time um, though, but I save, you know, like I've done the hard work throughout the week, yeah. you know, like I've gone work, full-time job, you know, six days. I've trained five days this week, you know, well five nights, whatever. Um, I've achieved, you know, these certain things. So you can allow yourself to have a little bit of pleasure. You, you can. Know, Even like, Arnold Schwarzenegger did, you know. He, he would sit down there and, uh, you know, get stuck into the bruise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, but it's um yeah yeah what you and it's right and Big you feel time. a lot more energetic. I know when I started to understand like work out a lot more and I was finding this confidence within myself, which yeah. is it correlates with me finding the acting game too. Is that I started working out, I started feeling better about myself. I started to feel like I look better, which yes. boosted myself and my self confidence within me and the belief. And then I kind of just fell into the acting game, and it's like and just keep going with the motions ever since yeah. then. And that's just where it all built up. And then I built 
myself up higher, the belief, the confidence. And then I felt like I could do so much more. And I did so much more that I never would have done. People go into me in New Zealand, oh man, I never thought you would do acting and stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you know, a bit quiet, you know, whatever. And it's just like, yeah. you keep hitting those levels and the sky is the limit, you know, like you have yeah. limits on your potential and what you can do, but there are so much that you can do with yourself and you will surprise yourself if you just start, if you just yeah. start that walk before that run, if you just start writing that journal before you start and writing your script, if you just, it's just about getting started and just yeah. going with that momentum yeah. and you'll surprise yourself. You really will. Yeah, if you're going to put diluted fuel in your car, your car's going to run, run like a bag of shit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, you, even if you have to work your way up from that diluted shit till you get to your 95, till you get to your 98, you yeah. know what I mean? You're it's like everything, team. man. Yeah. It's how you run, but you don't have to be top level. Don't, don't put pressure on yourself. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to feel fucking fantastic because the guy next door is or that person over there is yeah. looking so confident or the this and that. It's like fucking work your way up. Just start some. The first thing I would say is make sure you get enough sleep. Mm. Fuck off the sugar. Um, fuck off with the processed food and then go for a walk maybe just around the block or whatever. I'd do it in that. I wouldn't go to the gym first. Mm. Get your diet right before yeah. you go to the your gym. Diet, you go to the gym. 80% of it. Yeah, 80, yeah, 90% you, of it. Fucking oath. You go to the 100%. You go to the, the, the gym first, but your diet shit, you know, don't expect much. Mm. Just slowly fuck off that processed food, you know, maybe, if, you know, minimise heavy meats and stuff like that. You don't have to spend a fortune. The organic shit, I don't believe in it. I think it's just fucking overpriced veggies and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, and then you're better off like the, you know, you wonder why the Chinese live to 105 years old and 110, right? They don't eat three meals a day. That three meals a day, I don't believe in it, okay? You know what? Eat when you're hungry. So if you need to eat little bits four, five, six times a day, that's what you do. Forget this three-meal bullshit, all right, you know, sit around. And, I mean, if you've got a family, you got to do it, right? Yeah. You know, so you're stuck into that weird way of eating. Eat when you're hungry, and that's what I do, um, and then – Go to the gym. You don't need to overtrain. Just be intense. Um, throw out lots and lots of reps. You don't have to go full on with the heavy weights. It's based on what you want to achieve anyway. If of you course, want, yeah. If you want to be a power lifter, well, then you got. It's a bit of a different story, but yeah, exactly. You got to fuel your body right. Fuel to your get body the carbs to, to actually get the yeah, best out taro, of your body. Heaps of carbs. Mm. But recovery, like you said, is a huge thing. Recovery. It's one thing you just... Be easy on yourself. Go easy. Don't have these unrealistic expectations. Well, you're building, you know, you're building your own masterpiece within yourself, you know. You're not just going to wake up one day and be that. So it's a a life goal. It's a progress, you know. It's about those small goals, those small wins, you know. But it's one thing you said before, and it's uh, I actually have it on my alarm clock, is that uh, comparisons are the thieves of all joys. Thank you very much. And I and yes, I th- and it's something I got to keep telling myself all the time because you can it's so easy to compare yourself to the next person or oh this actor's doing this and like getting that why am I getting this you know Fuck like I, I put that. in the effort you know it's that's just, so true yeah it's it's you I've know, got it on my don't alarm do it clock. with YouTube yeah. or social media. Mm. I mean, yeah, well, that I mean, fuck, that's a filtered that can, out thing. That can yeah, fuck you it's, up. it's a tough thing, yeah. and that's a whole yeah. other podcast in itself. You know, like a, yeah. the social media and what it does to the psyche of young people these days, or people like ourselves that are growing. You know, like it's just it can really fuck with you. It's crazy, crazy Dude, world, man, and it's a it's a toxic thing as well. But you got to use it as a tool. It's not a way yeah. of life. That's what I keep yeah. saying. I hope there's someone that comes on that's some social media guru that talks about it because yeah, it's I think it's I don't want to be negative. But I am going to be negative. It's it's. I think it's fucking up a lot of society. Mm. 
but we used to say that before social media about magazines, showing model yeah. magazines where they're all skinny and they're all fucking up girls that were a little bit overweight and they're yeah. going, oh, look at these skinny models. Now it's social media. Now we're blaming it on that. I mean, we're always blaming it on shit at the end of the day. But, you know, at the end of the day, live your own life um, as healthy as you can and you don't have to be over-fucking-positive with all this bullshit pressure out there. We see lots of videos. You got to think this way and be like this and some of it can make you feel like shit, inferior. Mm. It's like, you know, run your own race. That's it. Fight your mm-hmm. own fight. Fight your own battles. That's it. Well, man, good luck with Coast Fish TV. I've watched it Thanks, from the bro. start, you know, like it's growing. It's really getting really? some success now and it's, <laughs> it's, it's great, man. It's awesome to see. I mean, I used to fish a lot back home. I could never talk, call myself a fisherman here. because, yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I love what you're doing with it. Thanks, and I look forward to the next time we're on set together as well. So, yeah, yeah, but um, so I can shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> you can kill me off again. <laughs> no, I'll take you fishing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Well, Link good. up, jump on the show. Yeah, I love your podcast. Oh, thanks, I mean, bro. So I appreciate cool. that, man. Um, how awesome is this? I'm, I'm grateful that you invited me here, and uh, I'll take you for a fish one day. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, oh man, oh, it's yeah. been it's been great to hear your journey. You know, and um, there's thanks. a lot of stuff that I've found out on this yeah. podcast now that I didn't know before that makes up Andy who he is. Oh God, yeah. So now the people are going to know about it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to make your show great because, you know, you you are going deep. That's it. Yeah. That's the, I mean, everyone's got a journey, man. We're all living our own journey yeah. and it's, it's fascinating, I think, to yeah. see how people, the psyche that goes behind and, uh, the people and what they're doing yeah. and how they create what they do and how they live their best life, you know, and I think we can all learn from each other and apply it yeah. to our own life and, and our own way and just live it, man. That's it. Yeah. I've learned a lot from you already, bro. I have. I mean that. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Anytime. (laughs) Righto, guys. That's us. We're out. Woo. Did it. Another episode done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed our guest there, Andy Sparnan. He really got deep there and shared some exciting, thrilling, and uh, kind of scary stories there. It's, um, It's interesting, the pitfalls that you can go through as a young man or as anybody growing up in life and how they shape you and what you do with them when it comes time to sink or swim, I guess. And uh, this way he channeled a lot of this stuff into the roles he plays. And um, that's what I experienced when um, he played Agent Kruger and Alpha Masji uh, alongside me playing Detective Tobias Kane. And it, it, it was great. Apart from he got killed in the movie, but hey. Um, guys, Thanks a lot for your support. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Every little bit like that really, really helps. Uh, Helps promote the show, helps promote what we're doing here, and it keeps people watching and it gets more more eyes, more views, more clicks. It all helps. You know how it goes, as we spoke about in the podcast, algorithms. It's all about the algorithms. Guys, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my own personal account, Dan Triple underscore good, a podcast, Going deep with Dan Good. Like I said, subscribe, like, follow, anything you can do for us. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, it's all on there. Keep on doing your thing. Keep on creating whatever it is you can. Get your hands on a camera and just do the damn thing. That's all I can say. Righto, guys, that's us.